1933. My daddy owns the globe. The whole of America is abuzz with talk of expeditions to the Antarctic. Look at this, Jim. The Adelaide Penguin. So delicate, so fragile, so unique. Hand me the evil jar. Starkweather and Moore lead a group of scientists, engineers and journalists to investigate the ill-fated Miskatonic expedition and try to understand the massive mountains found on the ice. Are these instruments right? RPGMP3.com presents an iconic adventure from Chaosium based on the writings of H.P. Lovecraft. Are you Marcus? Journey Beyond the Mountains of Madness. Click beep. I hate that bitch. Yeah. Another drooling. She just turned it off. Let's, oh, do a, let's do a what's and all sound test. Nipples. Wank. Ass. There we go. That's all. Mongolian clusterfuck. Hey! hey. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Well, no, that made it blow up. Really? That was just too much. That was that was too much. Yeah. Having a clusterfuck was too much. Apparently so. All right. Where were we last session? Anyone? Anyone? On a ship. Very good. I've got salty we spray driving. written down here. <laughs> that's because the salty spray was everywhere. Yeah, that's ship. right. It was full of semen. Because you're in. Yeah. <laughs> and so it begins. But. Yeah, alright, yeah, okay. You forgot the little little laugh, like the little caveman laugh that you did last time. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, you had the line crossing ceremony. You found the refrigerator sabotage. The huskies were poisoned. You found a bomb in hold number two. It was all action, wasn't it? You questioned loads of folk. <laughs> You eventually found acid in Henning's gear and eventually caught him red-handed playing with the bomb. You now have him in custody, but you've still to check the rest of the holds to see if he sabotaged anything else. We started with number two, so... I believe the date is now the 28th of September. I think we should give another cursory check of two just to make sure he didn't do something, because we didn't do a full check, did we? No. So, a full check to number two first. Go for it. Spot hidden. Uh, I just uh, fail. Double lot. Although I'm. Hey, bless you. Bless you. I made it. <laughs> Let's forget this dice. How many dice? Boy, we have lots of dice. Five. 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 That's what I rolled. I got a six. You got a double lot. No, he's got double lot. Oh, no, that was the. I said it like this. Five. Know. You can check spot hidden if it's not already checked. Oh, okay. I got a 60. I've never rolled that low. I made it, but I got a 60. Right, hold two. You give it a thorough search and find nothing else wrong with it. Either the upper part of the hold tween deck or the lower part of the hold. Very jolly good. Um, That takes most of the rest of the day. Well, do we want to split up? Because we know that the bad guy's been kind of all over the show. Stopped now. Yeah. So if we split into two teams, that's fine. Two. Four. Four? Four. Me and Jenna go to number one, you yeah. two go to number three. Oh, we're not going Scooby Doo style here. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're you're alright, you're Scooby Doo yeah. style. You're not with, um, I'm going to go well, check The redhead with the, with the uh, prick. <laughs> my, hair is, my hair isn't red the anymore. Prick. What is it? Daphne and whatever it is. And the guys right. you know are going to get into trouble. Who's the other guy? Frank? There was this good Frank? No. Fred. 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 There they, was, they just went off and found a cupboard and shagged in it, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. There was 
Fred, Velma, Daphne, you. Shaggy, and that dog that he, Shaggy kept hallucinating. <gasps> you'd have thought, you'd have thought Shaggy would have got more action with a name like that, wouldn't you? Really? You have Scrappy Doo. You've got Scrappy Doo, yes. <laughs> Scrappy Doo's having a nappy no, Doo. I it's think because they they always sent Shaggy off by himself because they were he liked he was into bestiality. They, they, they didn't want to tell him that the, that Scooby Doo was one of his drug hallucinations. <laughs> <laughs> That's like me and Scooby. Okay, whatever, Shaggy. Okay, yeah, you and, you and the talking one. dog go uh, that way. Deck number one or hold number hold one. Number one. He, saw, he saw a giant talking dog and he was always hungry. What does that tell you? Yeah, you're right, actually. You were checking out hold number one. Who are you checking hold number one out with? Just you? With Batman. Me and Batman. Okay, or Tracy Batman and, Tracy oh, and um, Batwoman. Jenna are going to hold number one. Give me spot hidden checks, please. I'm rolling both sets of dice to see which are the best behaved today, and I'll pick the best number. 59 or 34. I think I'll I go got a 72. <laughs> there we go. Did I succeed? No yeah, spot. I succeeded. How well? Uh, my skill's 45, and I got 34. Right. Yeah, but no, but yeah. <laughs> Very good. You find that some of the... You kind of move some of the oxygen tanks, and some of them seem lighter. Just the lower ones kind of lift them and they seem lighter than the others. Motherfucker. It looks like he's opened the valves on some of the oxygen tanks just ever so slightly so that it's seeping oxygen. Okay, I'll close them. Okay. You still, a lot, most of them are over half empty. Oh, yes, well, and then I'll write a little note on my clipboard. Yep. Just open the valve up and start blowing inside them. Will that work? No. <laughs> They're under pressure. Plus you blow in. You blow out your head. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what happened to your oh, head when oh, it's blown. Oh, if I... If I no, no will second. I, will I have a helium? Problem? No, because it's oxygen. No, it's oxygen and helium. <laughs> You'd feel awfully calm, is what would happen. You'd feel rather euphoric. You would. That's why they give you oxygen when your plane's about to crash, so you, you don't, don't run care. around panicking. It gets you high. And also, also the bracing position is designed so your neck snaps when you hit the ground. I know. Please don't say that, because we might be for two weeks. Well, no, it is. You put your head between your knees and kiss your ass goodbye, and yeah. your head snaps. And also, also, in plane crashes, chances are when you hit the ground, your seat shears away from the ground, and your seat belt's connected to the fuselage, and you get snapped into. Let's hope Helen's not listening. Eh? Oh yeah, <laughs> she's flying soon. No, but she's so terrified of flying that that's put her off flights for the next five years. Now, what you do is right before it crashes, you jump up. So the yeah, plane hits, you just land. Or you go into one of the rear toilets and hope it hits nose first. <laughs> well, that's what the safest. Right then, the, the, cheerful well, actually, the safest place on a plane is in the back because mm. there's, 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 yeah. there's, there's an yeah. important fact because the mountains are up front. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, all the other bodies will slow it down enough. That I mean, survive. I mean, don't you ever see it in the movies? It explodes and the tail just like flies. Well, the off other, the other option is to chuck out the drinks cart and get in where it goes because it's a metal cupboard. Anywhere. Hold two. <laughs> continue the search. Hold one to <laughs> hold one. Of the day. Hold one even. That's what I meant. That was hold one. Yeah. Hold one takes you most so of the day. So that's the only issue. We have to move things and lift things. That's yeah. all you can find in hold okay. one. Where? Which other hold shall we do? Because it's quite. A few well, these other boys are doing another hold, I believe. Okay. Are you Ooh. doing a hold? I don't trust them. Oh, scrap people. I think we need to cut them. <laughs> what hold are you doing before you roll some dice? Three. Hold three. Seven. No, there isn't seven holds. You're, doing three, You're both you doing the same together. Eight. Just... <laughs> we'll just make this three and eight. Hold, <laughs> hold three contains your camping and sledding supplies. Oh, you better check that good. Woo, 38 and I needed a 70. Sorry. 39 out of 45. Oh, You've got spot hidden at 70. 
Yes, I got he's that. He was he's a sniper a. in the army. <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> I'm glad you're on my side. Yeah. Did you succeed? Yeah. Well, by a lot. I had a 70 in the skill and I got a 38. That was pretty good. You guys don't need me. I'm going to be in my cabin. You know. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be in your bunk. Yeah. Right. Um, you find that two of the large camp radios and four of the small trail radios have been sabotaged by having acid poured into their interior circuits. Uh, you turn them on and they don't work. And you can see acid burns. Just notice acid burns where the grills are on the top. If you need me, I'm going to, be, I'm going to go interrogate a Henning with my, the business into my pistol. Are they radios, yeah? <laughs> yeah, two we're of gonna, the large camp radios and four of the small trail we're radios. We're going to replace these. Um, let's see, a sample radio might be brought on to test it on deck. Uh, you can fix them uh, if you have the appropriate materials well, and tools. We're going to be in Australia, right? Yeah. Soon, let's just call ahead and pick up the stuff. Have the stuff dropped off for us. Yes, that's, what, that's what's going to happen, incidentally. But yes, you've got to find it first. You also notice that it appears that the um, photographic chemicals have been opened and then resealed. Probably oh. where the acid came from, then. No, no acid. You, you expose it to light. I thought it ruins the photo. You open it up and you smell chlorine. Right. You um, check it appears he's, he's poured um, chlorine bleach and salt into the brown bottles of photographic chemicals. Right. Keep looking, I'm going to go pistol whip the hell out of this song. <laughs> <laughs> Just go to the guard, say, why don't you guys go get some fresh coffee? I'll be, you know. <laughs> These ready chemicals are useless if not replaced. All right. Well, they're useless. Even yeah, they're useless. They even are replaced. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're replaced, and yeah. therefore the other ones are still useless. But just in a bin. They're still useless. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, good for English. Badly right, that's, that's 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 the entirety of the rest of the twenty eighth done. Okay. So on the 29th still pistol whipping. We'll do. <laughs> we'll, we'll, do we'll do four. four. Okay, twenty ninth hold four. Go for it. No. Nope. Hold for Daphne, Queen Deck. I think you should look over there. Tween Deck and Lower Deck contain <laughs> one of the other Boeings <laughs> with their propellers, engines, and outer wing sections removed and stored. Uh, against the aft port wall of the Tween Deck, a small but very sturdy wooden room, eight foot square, has been built. It's surrounded by bags of cement. A heavy padlock secures the door. The first mate has the only key. Within, on a bed of sand, rests the boxes of dynamite. Let's double check. Oh, this let's room. go and do that, please. Um, I will take twenty on the dynamite. You can't do that. You don't think anything's gone wrong in this hole. You don't think he's been mm. in here. You don't think the lock's been tampered with, as far as you can tell. Um, Deck four, suspiciously okay. <laughs> <laughs> How do you spell suspicious? Just put S. Suspiciously. <laughs> Suspiciously okay. Really Suspiciously. Oh, she is comfortable. Look at that. Sookie Lala. You, Sookie Lala. It's a rather Australian term, is it? Because you're heading to Australia. Good day, mate. Very good. Fair Been practicing. Kangaroo. That new hair could suit you, dear. Well, alright. Does suit you. You've already sent pictures to Thing, so he already knows what it looks like. Thing liked it, I think. What does my husband do when I get a new haircut? He sends a picture to the pervious person in the world <laughs> and said, look at my wife. So? You're not sharing me. And we're not going to see Seattle. Show it off. Yeah, I show off pictures of mine. You have a wife? 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> My significant other. I've had two near misses, but no. Nah. Two near misses. I love that. If you've had seen Torchwood, that was the reason why we were talking about it. They showed me a picture I if you guys want to look at kind of The like hair is very similar. For everybody that knows that. It's good hair. I like it. So, it's pretty. Right. Uh, is anyone checking cold five? You two, Pistol Whippy and yeah. Pistol Whippy and the beer. Pistol Whippy oh. and the ape. This is the hold where the Dang. dogs, the dogs between deck <laughs> and the supplies Maybe of wood and other materials uh, mm. with which to build the camp were in the lower decks. Not me. So it's dogs and wood. Anyone? We feel Okay, you don't find any sabotage that is evident in this hold. Oh yeah. Well, we, already found, we already found the oh, dogs. Oh yeah, the room. dogs are dead. <laughs> you, <laughs> find, you find a load of dead dogs. No, <laughs> Some of the dogs are missing. There's blood everywhere. No. Oh, found it was wrong. Dog's dead. <laughs> one, two, three. Yeah, we got some missing dogs. One, two, three. What's that? Twenty-eight, right? They were thrown three. over the yeah. side. Yeah. Is there a, th- a sixth? Deck? That's it. There are twenty-eight, five right? Old. We have three and a half. Is there anywhere else we can check <laughs> cupboards, rooms that there might be things stored in? And that's everything for your equipment watch. that could have been. Check the pantry, maybe. Yeah. You checked all the food. Oh, you've oh, chucked oh, it all overboard. That isn't down there. Go tell the oh, people who handle the dogs. buying and selling of stuff about the messed up radios and. And have the uh, have the dog handlers check hold five because they would know what was missing more so than we would. The following items have been damaged and must be replaced. Pemmican, five tons. Remember it was poisoned with strychnine? Yes. Frozen perishable food, 12 tons. Uh, oxygen cylinders, 12. Camp radio sets, two. Trail radios, four. Photographic chemicals, as desired. Right, if anybody needs... Oh yes, and the camp, three of the camp generators were also um, screwed. I think you found that last time. Didn't yeah. You? Okay, I'm gonna get my. I'm gonna go get a rifle and go hunt for fish. Can I just double check? Pemmican yes. five. That's why we got dynamite. Frozen food yeah, twelve. Frozen. Tons. <laughs> yeah. Oxygen tank twelve. Mm-hmm. Camp radios Woo-hoo! two. Yeah. Trail radios four. Yeah. And photochemicals. Yeah. And some generators. Yeah. Did you find the generators? Or I think and you did and you did. Well, we have now. Well, if you don't anyway, it says here that more makes you test all the electrics. If you haven't found it yet, you'll find it when you get to Australia, well, and it makes you test all the electrics. Okay. So how many generators do we need to make? There's three. Three. Camp generators. Okay. Okay, I'm kids. writing lists and stuff. It's a bit scary. Sailing along the Australian coast towards Melbourne in the middle of October. Yeah, it's October now. You've sailed the rest that of the That means it's summer down there. Yeah. Is treated is a treat indeed after a long stretch on the ocean. Just <sighs> as North America is turning from summer into autumn, Australia is turning from a mild winter into a warming spring. The coast of New South Wales is a delight to the eyes. Mixed stands of conifers and broad-leafed trees march up gentle hills to the heights of the Great Divide Range. Forests are broken up into small areas of grassland. The coast is dotted with thriving towns and cities. Get the rifles out and I bet I can kill more kangaroos than you can. Boom! (laughs) As the Gabriel rounds Cape Howe, however, the sea turns choppy and a cold, hard wind drives idlers below decks. With the islands of Tasmania to port, the ship struggles through the Bass Straits and around the Wilson Promontory. It is a relief when the ship reaches Port Phillip Head and the calmer waters beyond. Melbourne is located at the northern end of Port Phillip Bay, 30 miles from its mouth. The entry to the bay is less than a mile wide and is known locally as the Rip. This narrow channel is regarded as one of the most treacherous navigatable passages in the world. 
Wait, we went to t Tasmania. Okay, Australia. Tasmania is here. Yeah, you come round and then come in. Okay, Melbourne. Okay. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Got a map. I can do you one. I'm sure there's one in here somewhere. Right there. Yeah, that's a map of just a zoomed in bit. I need a bigger version, but it's here around here. There you go. Melbourne's there. Okay. Tasmania's here. Yeah. Technically, it's across oh, the sea. Okay. So you come round Australia and up, away from Tasmania, and then you're going to go back down to the Antarctic. Okay. Are you impressed that I didn't sing the Tasmanian Devil song? Do you remember it? Point for no. you, a very Tasman cold, cold ground. <laughs> Greatest cartoon line ever. I'm just being good. My tea's cold. Yes, I'm blame that fan. This is Texas, you're supposed to have cold tea. Okay. <laughs> I've got a big bottle of it here, look. Because it's so hot. I do not lower myself to drink cold tea. It's iced tea, thank you. <laughs> it's cold. Right. Wrong. Gabriel waits offshore as a sea pilot is ferried out from Queenscliff Pilot Station. The pilot guides the ship through the dangerous waters, navigating carefully through the maze of rocks and reefs and channels, and northward past fishing trawlers and scallop boats. Fetching out fly to its berth in Port Phillip. The trip takes several hours. At last, the seaport can be seen to the north, with Melbourne itself beyond, beneath a faint pall of industrial smoke. Mm, you're in Melbourne. After the rough seas of the Bass Straits and the treacherous narrows of the Rip, Port Phillip Bay is like a calm and placid inland sea, 40 miles wide and 30 miles deep. The bay is one of the few natural harbours in Australia, and is the largest and most protected natural harbour in the world. The shores of uh, you're learning something. The shores of the bay are highly uh, highly built up, and many small towns linked by rail lines and locally run small sail and steam ferries. Miles of wharfs and berths nose out into the water, especially along the inward curve of Hobson's Bay. I've heard of Hobson's Bay before. Very good. The waters off Port Melbourne are crowded with traffic. Huge merchant ships and cargo barges are loaded with boxes and barrels. The wharfs are dark with the motion of dockhands, ship crews, fishermen and others. Just beyond the wharfs are the rail lines with engines pulling boxcars full of cargo to be loaded or unloaded. Even out in the deep water where Gabrielle approaches there is a constant wall of faint sound. As the Gabrielle is piloted towards her berth, smaller craft dart and wheel past her. There, these come in all sorts, from sleek and expensive pleasure yachts to small local boats and steam ferries transporting goods and travellers between the bayside towns. Trawlers with ne damp nets, their decks cluttered with bins of silvery fish, complete the scene. Gabrielle slides towards her berth, not far from the railway pier. Smaller vessels with shallower draft, uh, with shallower draft pass onwards up the Yarra River to Victoria Dock and the inner city. It's Grimsby. Almost Grimsby. <laughs> Grim Grimsby? Grimsby! Grimsby. Um, as the ship approaches the dock, you see a large crowd of people waiting by the water. A dark enclosed van is parked on the far side of the group, and the tan coats of local constables are conspicuous, uh, conspicuous in the, by their presence. Oh dear. Oh, Moore has his clipboard once again. He informs you the expedition will be in town for a few days while the henning matter is settled. Mr Starkweather has arranged for replacements for some of our damaged goods, I would like you four to uh, look them over before they are delivered, just in case. Here is a list of addresses and names. If there is any trouble, just let me know. He gives you a list. It reads, Pemmican. Okay. R.J. Manfield and Sons Limited, 100 Fleming Close, Baybrook. Electrical equipment. 
Peasley Power Equipment Manufacturing, 4420 Lenox Street, Richmond, and Electrical Outfitting Limited, 550 Harrison right, Street, Williamstown. You've got a list, it doesn't okay. matter. Photographic Chemicals and Supplies, Foley and Burke, 4045 Mallee Road in Richmond. Food and Drink. There must be a hundred places. Ask locally. We'll need about £24,000 of varied meat, fruits and other perishables Hit unless the... you want to eat pemmican all winter. Hit the Kroger's. <laughs> Hit the Kroger's. Nice one, yeah. Let's Beep. go to Walmart. <laughs> Bag it. <laughs> Bag my £24,000 worth of food, please. Put it all in one bag and make it not heavy. <laughs> Paper or plastic, sir. That's funny. Okay, so I got generators, I got Peasley something or other. I'll That's just, all right. If you just give me the names and I'll... Pemmican, electrical equipment, photographic chemicals and supplies, and food and drink. Is okay, okay. there's four things and there's four of us. Um, yeah, but there's five locations because there's two for the electrical equipment. Okay. Um, the gangplank is lowered, the crowd surges forward amid the flash of photographers' bulbs and shouting questions. The reporters have returned. Officer Turlow motions several of the burlier crewmen down the gangplank to prevent the crowd from boarding. Starkweather, standing at the railing, is delighted. The press is his friend. Turn the fire hose on him, that'll get him away. <laughs> the constables push their way forward through the crush and to the bottom of the gangplank. Captain Vredenberg and Starkweather descend to meet them. Um, I'd Henning, like to stay close to Starkweather because I want to be in on the action. So I'm kind of... Cool. You can watch him. The constables come up, escorted by um, Starkweather, to where um, Henning is being detained. And they take charge of him. All right. I stopped pistol whipping him over. The crewmen remain at the gangway's base to hold the reporters at bay, while the journalists are shouting questions unceasingly. Um, Dirty journalists. The lawmen reappear shortly with their prisoner in handcuffs, constable on either side holding the arms. Henning's personal effects and pieces of his would-be bomb are carried by a third man close behind. Henning gives you all, especially you, Fred, a maddening... Superior grin as he's led away. I'll try and make it so that the constables have to stop and he's near me, and I'll do some kind of like naughty telling off pose that the um the news report. Yeah, they take yeah. lots of photos of you. Like, I'll be sitting right next and to you. And then do the how dare you? <laughs> yeah, do you're, the, you're still <laughs> pistol whipping him. I'll, I'll, I'll slap stop. him. He's trying to get away. Stop! I'll try and make good, good pictures. <laughs> okay, you take good pictures. They're all like shouting questions. It's all very exciting. And then I'll grab her and hold her back. <laughs> <laughs> You're acting, it's very, I like that. Starkworth is smiling at you and grinning. They're trying to get him when he's, he's in the very car. very happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> did he ever tell us why he did it in the, in the midst of the, the rather vigorous interrogation? What? Why he started sabotaging no, stuff. No, he didn't. He never said a thing. Did we ask him? <laughs> yeah, no. I was... I was yeah. <laughs> just, it was a silent interrogation. The only sounds were the sounds of pistol whipping against skin. Two men can read each other's minds through a fist fight. But that wasn't with a fist, so it didn't work. That's I so forgot, funny. because I already know this bit of the adventure, so I know what's going on, but I just forgot that we hadn't actually asked him. Yeah, I was um, going on fully interrogating. I'm, go- I'm going to assume that you've prepared depositions in advance, because otherwise you're going to be taken to the police station, and you did have like six days yeah. to do it. He fell on my crowbar six times. Mo, Mo will have taken your depositions to hand to the... Uh, boy. Statements are given to the police by Mo, who you've all signed your depositions. Um, and you can... Help the crewman clear the path to take the prisoners over to the dark van and lock him safely inside. We'll turn the fire hose on. Starkweather is ready to meet his adoring public. 
Somehow, despite the stress of the past few days, the unending diet of tinned food and the faint odour of ammonia that even now pervades the ship, he manages to look well-groomed, cool and eager for adventure. As soon as the police have left the dock, he descends the gangplank and is surrounded by newsmen, obviously in his favoured element. I'm with him. Tell us about the bomb, Captain! Why'd you do s- dispose the fellow want you to stop you going south? What? <laughs> it's Australian. Did you know the man, Captain Starkweather? Starkweather grins. Mate. Mate. <laughs> Is it like, like Canadian where you just go, hey? Yeah. At the end of everything. <laughs> yeah, hey, just, right, just yeah. say mate at the end, everyone will understand what you're doing. You know, um, as Starkweather went down, I'll have grabbed his arm and I really Ooh. am going to be his right hand fantasy woman. Fair I'm going to be right behind them then. Yeah. <laughs> it's Stark, a city now. Starkweather grins famously. Now, gentlemen, please, one at a time. There's not so much to tell, but this is not the first time I've faced treachery, you know. You should have seen his first marriage. He speaks, you notice other investigation, uh, other members of the expedition slipping away down the pier while the reporters are flocking around Starkweather. They're off out for a soft bed, a bath, and a good meal, you suspect. And meanwhile, back in the, in the back of the car, when I was looking... This would be a good time for you to do the same, if you wish. You're going to finish yeah. up the question. Starkweather's going on and on about wonderfully heroic he was. Are you staying with him, or are you sloping away to have a bath? And a bed? And dinner? I don't know. I don't know whether my home comfort's half, or my I want to be mega famous. You've got lots of pictures of you and Starkweather already, just by standing, walking down the gangplank okay. with him. Let's go and find somewhere to stay, then, shall okay. we? You go and find a reasonable hotel. Fred. And you stay. <laughs> I assume you're all together. You all go find a hotel and you well, eat. I, I find, I find, find a bar. You pass some time that evening, shall we say? Yes. Okay. Cleaning up, resting up, and I getting scrub no fish prepared. out of my hair. I scrub. I scrub. I scrub. And then I scrub again. Are you scrubbing? I, I buy brillo. I'm handing your soap through like a crack in the door. <laughs> <laughs> Damn fish, won't come off. Right. I'll buy a wombat. That way, have a mascot for the ship that cruise back. Right. It's October the twelfth when you land. October the twelfth. You have until the eighteenth when the Gabriel leaves south. So you have those days to go to all these places and find out where all this stuff is. Okay. All right, we do that. So you spend the night at twelve having a nice chilling. No, you're gonna do them. What are you going for first? I'll go get the put, put photographic material. Okay. I'll get the electronics. Okay. okay. We're going to get the food then. I think. All right. Uh, was that the pemmican or the fresh food? Uh, we'll start with the pemmican. Okay. Who would like to be first? You can do it. Pemmican's the first on my list. Okay. Finding pemmican. You need to go to R.J. Mansfield and Sons Limited at 100 Fleming Close in Braybrook. 100 Fleming Close yeah. in Braybrook. You've been asked to arrange the delivery of five tons of pemmican to replace that which was ruined. You find the building pretty easily. The, the large, low, industrial brick building that they're directed to, that's you, turns out to be a peach cannery. Ooh. At this time of year, they only have maintenance staff and are engaged in repairs and preparations for the harvest season. So why have we been directed to peach cannery? A foreman walks down. Maybe a peach flavour. Hey there! How can I help you? Um, we're looking for RJ Mansfield. Ah, be the owner, the junior. He's up in his office. Okay. May we go and see him? Yeah. I'll barge through importantly. Although I am turning out to be much more pleasant than I used to be. Oh, miss, looking for peaches. Um, actually, no. We're looking for pemmican. 
We were yeah. told that this was the place to get peaches. No, this pemmican. is a peach cannery, miss. Um, um, how does one go about getting pemmican in this area? Do you know what pemmican is? No idea. Okay, it's like food bars Buffalo. or something. <laughs> I can't remember exactly the. Um, dried up food rations. Yeah. What What is it? Can you ex- explain what it is? It's dried food rations needed to... Let me a no check. Sweet. Yeah, oh my god, I think I did it. What are you... I got an 11, I needed a 45. I, I missed it. You know, because you're like <laughs> army man. <laughs> Pemmican is the staple protein food for both men and animals in the Antarctic. It is made from a mixture of beef tallow, ground uh, dried ground meat... Wheat germ, molasses, and cod liver oil. For every £1,000 of this mixture, I added two pints of lemon squeezings. The mixture is then shaped into compressed one-pound blocks wrapped in waxed paper or tinfoil and frozen solid. Is it kind of like the Mingin version of Kendall Mint Cake? There's no mint in it. It's just beef. Tell them everything you just said. Hang on. The blocks are fed to the dogs without preparation. For expedition members, the blocks are dropped into a stew pot as the quickest and easiest ways to cook them. Dogs and men on the trail can survive on one and one half to two pounds of pemmican each day, plus an equal amount of water. Dogs at rest can survive for lengthy periods on much less than half. I tell him everything. That's yeah. wise for men's, men and okay. dogs, not women. Oh, um, no, Well, as we're in um, downtime on the peach canning, I think we can probably manage to make it here. Oh. You don't already have it, then? What? No, we'd have to make it. Is there anybody around here that has it? I don't think so. The hell would we want to eat Why it? Why would we be directed here? Do it's you the only think? place that can make it. Apparently Starkweather's um, arranged for this to happen, but he hasn't heard anything from Starkweather at all. He has no idea who he is. Okay, well, I'll give a brief kind of explanation of who we are and why we need it. Um, Ah, Could have gone to Pete's, you know, Pemmican Palace. (laughs) Um, We're going to be needing, well, I I can provide the raw materials, that's easy enough, miss, but we haven't got the labour to make it, to mix it, shape it and wrap the box. Um, I can oversee and advise, but I don't have anyone to do the work. Can you find people to work? Um, Who who would normally be doing the (laughs) peach canning? Well, they've all gone, Miss. They're seasonal workers. Okay. How about the people in the port? Labourers. Mm, we could do. Make me an idea check. Uh, just missed. I'm thick yesterday. Oh, I'm I hit that. Right. <laughs> I made 45, it on, I, made I made it. it on this side. So Alright, you, you, you realise that if you got some labourers in from the sort of dock area... It would offer an opportunity for someone to further tamper with your supplies. Mm. We need people from the ship to do it. You think the best solution is for you to provide the labour, and that way you will be certain that nothing deadly is introduced into the blocks. You meaning not her. It'll take 12 people three full days to manufacture enough pemmican to replace what was lost. So today's the 12th or 13th. Mm -hmm. Which one? It's the 12th. It's no, the it's the 12th, sorry. It's the 12th. It's the 12th. Right. That's fine, then. Yeah. We'll provide labour. So who are you going to get? We'll get some people from the ship. <laughs> You're going to get some people from the ship? Yeah. If yeah. they want to eat in, in six weeks' time, then yes. <laughs> I like that argument. So you've got to go around the ship and go, you, you're helping me make this yes. crap. Actually, anybody who knows how to work any machines like that would be more apt to do it. A lot of the uh, techs and engineers on the boat, although they are checking the boat itself, will be free for some of the days, so they'll do some of that. We'll just, they'll get do that, it. Get that guy we'll that works the, the lift going. on the dock, because he knows how to eat. <laughs> 
That's a good idea, Jenna. Jenna's being fair. Apparently, everyone gets a go, yeah. including you. Yeah. All right. I'll oversee. Okay. The job is a nasty, smelly, revolting one. With you ending your days covered in cod liver oil, beef blood, and molasses. Overseeing. The sight is indescribable. The smell even more so. Protective clothing and rubber gloves are called for at the very least. I make sure I get covered in big blood. A lot of it. Just so I can walk through the street like that. (laughs) Not with me. I have an image to uphold, and unfortunately, you are part of it. On your rolling shifts, it takes three days to complete it. That's fine. So you you do work half a day, say, and you're free for the rest, and everyone else can take their turn at half a day. Jolly good. Starkweather is happy with your solution. Apparently, you have the pemmican. Good. You're going to get the pemmican. Tracy's going to get the electrical goods. Yes. The pemmican's put into cold storage and will be passed to the ship just before you leave. Um, You're going to Peasley Power Equipment Manufacturing in Richmond. Um, It's a taxi ride away at the corner of Lennox Street and Bridge Road. It is a neat warehouse of sheet metal and brick with a line of tall trees in the back of a yard. The yard manager walks up as you come through the gate. Yes, I'm with the uh, Moore Expedition. Um, we ordered parts, uh, replacement parts Aye. for the uh, electronics. Aye. I've got it, I've got it. Six units, mate. Right as you please. All tied up with bows on. Mate. Mate. <laughs> uh, I inspect the electronics. Okay, make me a spot hidden roll. <laughs> is that a negative? Oh, this is, these, are, these are the generators that were found to be sabotaged after you landed in port. Okay. Moles tried to turn them on and told you about it, because I don't think you found this. Okay. They've been sabotaged, so he sent you for three generators. Okay. Did you make a spot hidden? He failed. Give me an idea roll. Come on, Tracy, Batman can do this. Go, Batman, go, Batman. No, 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 Yay! 33 out of 85. Good enough. Good enough. Um, you realise that Peasley has packed up six units generating 150 watts each and not the three 300 watt units that you were told to expect. Why Why are the uh, voltages split? We need three uh, 300s, not six 150s. What? Yeah? We've got 600, no, 900 watts here. No, I need... Three full, three hundreds. Right. Um, well, you're going to have to pay a dunnage fee, and you're going to have to pay a truck driver to return to the warehouse. Can I just ask what's the dunnage fee? It's the fee for removing it from the warehouse in the first place. Okay, why do we have to pay for your mistake? We asked for three three hundreds. Yeah, it's not what I've got here. I've got 900 watts. 900 watts. If you don't want these, then you have to pay them back. All right. You're paying? Yes. Okay. Right, well, we can't do the 300, so you'll have to go over to Electrical <laughs> Outfitting <laughs> over in Williamstown. We're going to spend our, like, vacation. It gives you an address which you match up with the other address yeah, you've been told to, to go to for the radios, and they're the same place. Okay. So you're going to be dealing with them for the same. It's just going to be Benny Hilling okay. around <laughs> Melbourne, aren't we? <laughs> 
Yeah. You want to Before I leave, I just give. There's going to be a lot of people with eyes, I I love this adventure. Everything you tried to do, there's some asshole involved that says you can't. It's just stupid. Are you going over to Electrical Outfitting in Williamstown? Yes. The staff at the Williamstown factory are friendly and competent. Your order for six radio transceiving sets has been processed and is ready in crates. The invoices are fully correct. Do you want to open the crates and examine them? Yes. The clerks are a little annoyed, but they let you open them, uh, and you find everything in order. They also sell a number of generators suitable for your needs, and will be able to fill the order within two days. The units will be shipped directly to the Gabriel when they come in. Very nice. <laughs> the only people who are good. I don't know. Mine, mine I'll put in a recommendation right. for you guys as well. <laughs> Thanks. Mate. <laughs> right, where were you going? Photographic chemicals. Clickety-click, yeah. Okay. Foley and Burke for 4043 Mally Road in Richmond. Um, you turn up at the address to find that uh, this building has been recently burnt out by fire. Well, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I think this adventure's screwed. I well, fuck. <laughs> we don't have to fight anything. Like, we just have to fight to get to the fucking house. <laughs> With, like, in- intact equipment. Yeah. You know what, let's just swim. It's safe. <laughs> let's just, <laughs> just, just go home. We're screwed. I think we go to the wilds of Hawaii. Um, your taxi driver suggests there may be other places where you can pick up photo supplies he finds another photo supply warehouse and you head over there they've got all the stuff you need and you arrange for it to be delivered in crates the following afternoon that very afternoon in fact excellent so that's photographic chemicals generators radios and pemmican all sorted um what? Drinks. What you want to drink, Ned? What do you want? Sprite, 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 sprite. Sprite all round, apparently. Right, the only thing you need to get the following day would be fresh and frozen food. Right, let's go to progress. This assignment is an easy no one. The investigators, <laughs> you're asked to arrange for the purchase and delivery of 12 tons of perishables for the expedition larder. You've been provided with the provision manifest made up by the chief steward for the New York City purchases. No addresses for a source are given. Starkweather did nothing about the lost food, preferring to uh, preferring to see to it once you arrived in town. All right, we'll go into the local grocery store, hand the, the uh, bag boy this gives you fill this order for us. Twelve tons of food is an astonishing amount. At least it seems so when one is on a purchasing end. Melbourne in spring is not the best time for fresh fruit, though some is available on the market, shipped in from Asian ports. The lack of fruit, however, is more than made up for by the abundance of hogs, chickens, dairy products and mutton, which is found cheaply everywhere. Canned and dried fruits and nuts are available in bulk. An alligator. Yeah. Kangaroo. Koala. Yeah. Koala is stewed. <laughs> stewed koala. What's, what's for tonight? Stewed koala. That's the last time you're on cooking duty. Marsupalami. Marsupalami. Oh I definitely my. want alligator because I want fried alligator. Mm. You can have some while you're there. Maybe like crocodile? I mean, they don't have alligators. Are there any random souvenirs oh, we can buy while we're there? All kinds of crap. Crocodile, Let's finish the food first. Dang it. 
Investigators, that's you, will find that almost without exception the farmers and grocers you meet are friendly and eager to be of service to your expedition. The tale of Henning and his bomb is on everyone's lips. The story of Starkweather's rivalry with Acacia Lexington seems to be also common news. The needed supplies can all be ordered in a single long afternoon of legwork and negotiation. After that, everything will be delivered and loaded into the Gabrielle without incident. Since you're involved in the purchasing of these goods, you will in all turn out to be of good quality and exactly as described. Okay, for let's, a change. Yeah, yeah, let's head down to the... Uh, Are you reading out of the right book? <laughs> oh, shit, no, sorry. This isn't Cthulhu. This is my little pony RPG. <laughs> You'll go insane and die of buying the food. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the oranges are overripe. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you're, you're all misbilled and you're going to lose sanity points every time you try to buy anything. Yeah. I'm Applejack. What? My little pony. Oh. <laughs> Do you know that T- TSR, or Watsy, released on April the 1st that they were releasing the My Little Pony yeah. RPG two, two or three years ago? And everybody was like, yay! They always, because like last year or something, Wizards of the Coast uh, had the new unglued set. Yeah. It was only for April Fool's. We had the Dark Steel Sliver, which the, cat, the flavor text was just kidding. <laughs> the only drinking. Okay. Right, you found the food. Well, and the pemmican. And the, so we've got the frozen food. Everything. Yep. everything is going to be delivered to the ship. What about the oxygen? <laughs> yeah, that's going to be delivered, maybe. Stack weather's on that one. Okay, camp radios, Done. trail radios, Golf. photo chemicals, Sorted. generators. Bayek. Fuck me. Why don't we go to the... Like, why don't we uh, check out the... Uh, I guess the Australian uh, Coast Guard or whatever, see if they can give us any word on the our rival list? campaign. Uh-huh. Or the rival campaign. You mean... The Lexington. Lexington. Yeah. Um, it's, it's common knowledge in the port that Lexington's ship, the Tallahassee, arrived at Hobart, Tasmania, on the 8th of October. Ten days ahead of us. Is it still in no, port? We, well, we, we landed... It is at the moment, on the 13th, which is due to set off on the next day. Yeah, we landed on the 12th, so they're only, they're only four days ahead of us. Okay, so how much money do we got? Not enough to get to Tasmania and back. <laughs> you haven't got the time. Well, no, I was going to uh, bribe the Australian government to torpedo the ship. <laughs> <laughs> she's, cont- she's got blood diamonds. Get her! Maybe we could encourage the smuggling. Australian government... That it might be in their interest to keep them back because they are bad and saboteurs. She's smuggling monkeys. Yeah. Yes. No, no, I no, no, put no. one she, of the planes together and catch up to her. And <laughs> you could. She's Probably. trying to take bananas <laughs> into Australia. Bananas. You, you fly over us. Snap that underside. Bananas. It's like a criminal offence in Australia. You're transporting anything into Australia is a criminal offence. But bananas are apparently... They're smuggling good. Aborigine children. It's like... It's like That'll a, always get... Wait a minute. This is 1933. That's that's, that's a, fine, yeah. yeah <laughs> Every, everybody's got a pocket full. <laughs> she gave AIDS to the African Prime Minister. Yeah. They don't even know where African she's, Prime Minister Australian yeah, Prime she, Minister. She, she, she's uh, a... <laughs> well, let me see. You can say she's part of a rebel group trying to get independence for the uh, Aborigines. <sighs> see? There you go. Yeah. But she's in Tasmania. <laughs> There's still a few. Uh, t- they haven't killed off all the uh, Tasmanian Aborigines yet. We'll just get. We'll find some Aboriginal voodoo type dude. Are you going into the in, in the outback? Yeah, I'm going to You haven't got the time. No, I'm going to Wolf Creek. <laughs> Wolf Creek. I'm going to find uh, 
Crocodile Dundee. Crocodile Dundee. That's not a knife. That's a knife. That was just a pistol. Okay. Mate. Monocrats. Monocrats. I give it up on accents for this. They're like Norwegians and Polish and. Norwegian is easy. What is the problem with Norwegian? In a secret poll that everybody knows about but you, everybody says that the only reason they listen is because of your accent. So you mustn't say Wonderful. Yeah, easy yeah. Everybody knows about Bring you. Via Transylvania and all over the place. Thanks, dear. I'm the secret poll that everyone knows about but me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I voted that like seven times. Wondering, you know, like, where do you get a, you know, a, a Franco Prussian in the middle of, you know, the D&D I'm gonna, market? I'm going to shoot you. <laughs> It's a boot tip. Right. That's what you need to do. Make your uh, bash car uh, Canadian. Don't do that. A? No. Oh, look, it's a moose, eh? Come. Come on, you hosers. The battle's waiting. Oh, my God. Anyway. Right. The morning of October the 13th. We have 43 minutes of... Yeah, it was pretty good. Starkweather, Moore, and any of you lot that want to go, ships, officers, and crew who've not already given their dispositions... Arrive at the police station to give their statements. You've already given yours to Mo, he's taking yours down with you, so you don't have to spend most of the day sat in a warm room. Souvenirs? And it means I don't have to interview you by a policeman in a bad Australian accent. That night, the, cap- the captain, the senior officer of the ship, the expedition's senior scientists are invited to an official function held at the Melbourne Town Hall by the mayor and the city councillors. Ooh, I'm going there. Are you going there? Yeah. Well, God yeah. dang it, now i got to go. Yeah, you've got to go. Trace is invited as a socialite, and he's invited, believe it or not, as a senior scientist. Even though he doesn't have an aid. <laughs> Surprisingly, there isn't an aid for cryptozoology at his university. Oh, you, you, actually, you actually have some serious science as well, don't you? Anthropology, archaeology, yeah. astronomy, biology. He's actually, he's actually a proper scientist. Credit I'm rating. I'm credit rating's not a science. <laughs> it is in today's world. <laughs> Um, it's obvious that it is a rapidly put together affair, but all courtesy has been extended. You're forced to sit through long-winded speeches about how the city of Melbourne is honoured to have that you as special guests. Starkweather makes a speech, he and Moore are presented with the key to the city, brass bolted to a wooden plaque, and much wine is drunk. He He's so boring. Afterwards, there are not nearly enough cabs to return you all to lodgings or the ship. It's a good job I brought my. And you must walk. Dress. It's only a mile or so. <laughs> taxi! <laughs> there isn't one. They've gone. All the dignitaries have got taxis. They would not take a taxi from a woman. Yeah, they would. They would They're not. They're Australian. They'd shit on you first and take your taxi. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, Australians are a funny on. bunch. If you get All right. Me. If they poop on her as a driver, away, she'd have to tell They're them. a very nice bunch. <laughs> there are many Dang. patrons on our website. So well, I must say, I, I, I have some Australians, yeah. I admire Australians. I've dated one. Like Texans and Australians. You've so. dated one of everything. You're collecting. It's like a little... You, 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 you need to get yourself one of those maps on your Facebook thing. Rather than where I've been, it's what I've... Had sex with Pakistan. I don't want to know. Just put it on your Facebook. England, uh, Scotland. It wasn't me. Uh, no, it wasn't you. It was me. <laughs> no, a friend of mine asked me if uh, I could if I could uh, show his best friend's sister around. It's all the cock and bum fun. What can we do? <laughs> Only gay in town. In the, the village. Only gay in the village. You love it. In the village. She wanted to know where my how- my cowboy hat was. 
Already anything you can say to that, is it? No. <laughs> so, <laughs> we're at the airport, you guys. I'm here to, supposed to show you around. You know, we wait for Desmond to you know get off work. Where's your good job I bought my long um, dress in my case. Yeah, stuff, and and stuff like this. Yeah. The areas around the docks are a mixture of warehouses, oh, shipping so offices, the kinds of places that cater to sailors' entertainment. Pubs offer locally brewed beers and ales, <laughs> along with darts, games, cards, the occasional bar brawl that you might get caught in. Woohoo! We're there. For more adventurous investigators, the late night hours offer illegal cockfights, prostitutes, and gang warfare. <laughs> a small Chinese colony here. A small Chinese colony here harbors there. Could possibly harbor an opium den if you're so inclined. But also may offer superb cooking. Um, yeah, you might stumble across some smuggling or some. Well, we'll be going to get some Chinese food. I know you'll like cream or something. I'm gay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You that can... was funny though. You had to see that one. I don't think what? you saw it, did you? What? It was the action of David going. <laughs> what was that? Cockfighting. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's, it's odd when you do it, dear, because you don't have one. Well, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, like, you made Hal cringe. Well, it adds an entire dimension to Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Yeah. It? It's like the third button in the middle. People are going to listen to that and they're going to know and they're going to be like, ew. Sorry. And then they're going to send me money because they feel sorry for me and want me to escape my drudgery life. Really? Yeah. That's not what they want. They want you to stay with me because we're funny together. Yep. See? They're entertained by it. I'm running for Captain Jack soon. Really? I clearly am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should have a video. Who would do that? I don't know. Sure, arguing. We're interested. <laughs> See, told you. That's why people listen. What? It's not it's any of this like. It's just bickering. Right, you spend some time in Melbourne. It's brilliant. You get drunk, you have opium, you have prostitutes and gang war. You eat toast. That's Melba. Melba toast. Not Melbourne toast. Yeah, well, I'm slightly uneducated. Okay, you have toast. <laughs> I'm going to buy a koala. It rips your oh, face off. Oh, they're really evil. I didn't say oh. I was going to take it for a cute little teddy bear. I was going to throw it at the first evil thing I had. Oh, I know, I know how bad the koalas are. Lisa used to tell me about, about once every year they get a news story about some tourist getting killed by a koala. Because they pick it off the tree and cuddle it. Yeah, exactly. They're generally really docile because what they do is they eat eucalyptus all day and eucalyptus yeah. is hallucinogenic. Yeah. So they eat it all day long so they're constantly stoned. So if you pick it off the tree, half the time they'll just go... Yeah. <laughs> and the rest of the time they'll go, Fuck it out! And rip your face off. Yeah, Lisa says it's still a bear. And they, yeah, just, they've still got like two inch long claws yeah. hanging onto the trees. When I was little, my mum gave me a little koala little teddy that used to... Kind of what happened to that? Velcro, I've seen that. Velcro, yeah. I don't know what happened to it. I think you lobbed it out in one of your fits of tidying. <laughs> All my stuff, I swear. I have so much more stuff than the dogs. <laughs> Good God, I'm dead. I'm so sorry. I don't mind. So you're already going to get your penis chopped off tonight anyway, after earlier. You're going to stick it up my ass now, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't going to, but that's a pretty good idea. Get it bronze. Use it as a strap. Oh, never mind. <laughs> okay. All right. Six days in Melbourne. You're ready to sail. Onboard damage is repaired. New machine equipment is aboard. The latest weather reports are promising. The police have given their consent to let you go. You are instructed to be back on board by midnight of the 17th. All personal items should be stored. 
You gave statements to the police, should now be reviewed, signed, yeah, you sign your statements. I please. check that the pemmican and the frozen food have made it home. They board. have, everything you ordered is present and I check them for. properly. What about all the illegal the animals that smuggled on board? All the illegal animals are all there. Okay. Wow. Wilders. The final, <gasps> the final... That? No okay. yes, kangaroos, wombat, platypus. <laughs> no, you, that's what you used to write in. You have really camp. Yeah, <laughs> some people are going to be using snow dogs. I've got kangaroos lined up. This is not hoth. It's snowaroos. <laughs> it is not tonto. <laughs> Looks like a kangaroo with fur. Yeah. Star Wars movie. The one he cut open things they ride. They don't jump, but you could probably put fur on one and pretend. There you go. Then you can slice it open with your. Let me shove her inside. You yeah. Like, <laughs> Keep you warm. I'm not being shoved inside anything. Thank you. We have frozen it, that's why you won't be able to tell. So the I'll final provisions, the equipment. You've checked everything that you need to check to make sure it's all... I'm suspicious. There's no, we haven't gained any new crew members, have we? <laughs> no, no one new. It's like someone walks in. I stand up. Who are I you? I stand at the but top I'm with, with like a big moustache and beard. <laughs> Hello, I am Hans. I am here to replace the crewman. <laughs> big, big, evil, big evil wax moustache. I stand at the top Get of the, the hand and inspect <laughs> everybody coming in. Okay. Name. Uh, they give you a name and you take them off the list. All right, it's me. I'll be on the other side just like this. Cracking the knuckles. <laughs> what did we do on the ship before we got here? They tell you. They are actually the crew that yeah. went off. I'm just yeah. being obnoxious. I'll hand you that box of koalas I got. <laughs> I, did, I, did <laughs> <lose. laughs> I did lose the maximum amount of sanity in the last You session. did, yeah. yeah. I lost paranoia. two. You lost what? Time. Okay. Wait, how they, much they did all you tell lose? You they're happy to. They're happy you're doing it. They what's don't, they don't begrudge you it at all. 48. <laughs> what's your sentence? 41. Yeah. 41. Oh, okay. Mine's at 38. Yeah, Mine's at 85. It's a, it depends. It's more like it's more a percentage of how much you lose at one particular time yeah. as to how affected if you are. If you lose six at a time, you See, go I temporarily. Lost. You lose something six in an hour, you I go temporarily insane. I thought it was like a percentage. A stupid dogfight apparently brought back memories. It is to go. I can't remember. The sanity rules are stupid. Yeah. I know. I know the numbers. Like, I think you, if you lose like ten percent, there's two. Game there's there's two things. I think it's six. Six in a sort of a scene. The one, the one you go I temporarily have. insane, and if yeah. you lose, I think it's ten percent. Yeah. You go because more that insane. one. Because I thought it was like twenty to ten and twenty percent. Yeah, at least like in mine it was because it's six. There's a few monsters that automatically inflict six. All, yeah, there are. Six is temporary insanity, I know that. Because that way, you know, a, a knight got walks in the room and everybody suddenly drops down dead. The one session of Tatters of the King that I ran, um, the beginning bit is really random, and one of the characters lost oh. quite a bit of sanity, and he ended up playing, like, random kind of... I think it was a bit paranoia, wasn't it? And he could see things in shadows, and he was just walking really cool. people, and he was role-playing, like, just yeah. sat around. He was, he was like, do you, do you see that thing in the, in the shadow? And he was making us all, like, really creeped out. And I was running it, and I was creeped out. I was like, I should stop it. He did really well. He right, really temporary insanity, well. if you lose five or more sum points from a single roll, okay. you suffer the shock of temporary insanity. Okay. If you lose 20% or more of your current sanity points in one game hour... You go indefinitely insane, and if you get to zero, you go permanently insane. Okay. So remember, keep that in mind. So just remember, keep your eyes closed at all times. Yeah. Do not, <laughs> and read. Do not read, ever. Right. <laughs> the evening of the 17th, the final provisions and created equipment are loaded. Uh, activity is reminiscent of New York. Professor Moore is everywhere with his clipboard, watching and worrying. For, you, for once, you have the luxury of leaning on the rail and watching. 
As you take your ease, a large canvas-sided truck comes speeding up to the berth. The driver lays on the horn, continually, nimbly avoiding pedestrians and cargo. Stenciled on the side in large letters is Elix Welding and Plating. Uh, the driver of the truck climbs out from one side and Starkweather jumps out from the other. Not far behind him, three battered autos disgorge the dozen reporters and photographers. With lots of gestures and shouts, Starkweather collars a couple of the dockhands and sets them to unloading the truck. From the back come long cylinders of oxygen. Haul them up, boys, Starkweather orders. The cylinders are quickly lashed together on wooden pallets to be lifted aboard the Gabriel. In between directing and loading, Starkweather strikes poses for the photographers, feeds the press whatever it wants to hear. Showboat. Yeah. Once the loading of oxygen seems well underway, Starkweather makes his way up the gangplank, stopping at the top to give the reporters a farewell salute. He shouts, Thank you, lads. We'll be back in a few months. Gabriel loses her lines, slips free of the dock at 3.30am, under command of a local pilot. Trips out to the ocean is uneventful. Passing through the rip, small launch pulls away from Queen's Cliffs, follows after you, safely through the passage. In the open sea, the pilot takes his leave and returns to the lighthou- uh, lighthouse aboard the launch. With a blast of the, or two of the whistle, Captain Vredberg turns the Gabriel to the south and the ice. Where is Hawaii. Um, Lexington, are they still on Tasmania? As far as you're aware, she sets sail already during your stay. Faster! You must go faster. I told you to ride him in the torpedo winger. Harpy. I shoot out of tyres. Yeah, the tyres are blown up, that's it. I've got a whole interlude trip log of your journey south. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm not going to No. no. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. You can read it in my Welsh accent if you'd like. Oh, please. Hills and valleys. Hills and, <laughs> and valleys. Yes. Very good. Right, the last of the new cargo stowed, final repairs complete. The passengers and crew took it safely aboard. Gabriel sets off on the morning of October the 18th. Your course takes you southeast around the curve of Tasmania and south into the storm-swept reaches of the southern ocean. The sky is clear, the sea is calm, everything is perfect for the journey south. Oh, Professor Moore holds a meeting in the officer's lounge. A map of the south polar waters hangs from the wall behind him. I have here the weather news, he says. The ports are both good and bad. They are, in fact, what we were hoping for. We were hoping for bad? Well, it says here that spring in the far south has been extremely stormy and that it's likely to continue that way for the next few weeks. That means two things. We're likely to meet very bad weather soon, possibly a lot of it, but it also means that the polar pack ice will be pushed out early from the Ross Sea. This last is very important... Indeed, for once the pack has been pushed out, we can push our own way in. It may have occurred to some of you that we, all of us, are going south far earlier than is customary. That is true, and it is a gamble. It is, however, a gamble that the Miskatonic University expedition also made three years ago. What is successful for them will, I hope, succeed for us as well. By proceeding early in the teeth of the storm, so to speak, we gain valuable time in the Antarctic, I hope to make good use of that time. Our planned course has us entering the ice pack due north of Cape Adar and proceeding southward through the Ross Sea to Ross Island where we shall make landfall. Whether this is possible depends on the ice, of course. We will enter the, uh, enter the pack where it is, seems safest and improvise from there. 
If all goes well, we shall set up on the Antarctic continent less than a month from today. If luck is with us, it could be much sooner than that. He goes on to add, for the remainder of the voyage and for the time upon the ice, the expedition clocks will be will use antipodeal time, 12 hours ahead of Greenwich Mean. As is correct upon the Ross Ice Shelf. So you slip in your clocks, 12 hours. So Over the next four days, the ship pushes southward, nearly a thousand miles into the cold grey sea. Winds shift hourly and bitterly cold and at times quite fierce. The ship pitches and rolls, thrumming with heavy swells. Those who suffer seasickness are miserable throughout this period, and re a relentless heaving of the deck makes life a quiet hell. So um, really, what? get it all out. <laughs> what? I think Dinah's stomach kind of rumbled just as you said heaving. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> um, I'll give you a week of training if you want it. <laughs> it's okay. I'll find the training page again. Way back, way, way back. Oh. Benefits of an education. Who would like an education? You could do two classes. Ooh, ooh, yes. ooh, ooh. I need to learn something. What do you want to do? Take the first floor. Yeah, okay. <laughs> what is it? What? What's that? What's what? What's classes? Oh, the classes. Whatever class, whatever Polar class. survival, climbing, aircraft maintenance, operating machinery. Fight club. Drive, sled, dog. Uh, navigate, meteorology, radio operation, operate heavy machinery, geology, history, explosives, craft, ballroom, dancing, and art origami. And also etiquette with Janet and Brown. Etiquette and polar survival. <laughs> How did we say? Hang on. She's making me do it. <laughs> ah, yes, we said, we said int times three, didn't we? So int yeah. times three, you need to roll. Under. Oh. This is so crazy. 25, yeah. And what are we raising by? D6, if you do it, tell me what you get in the first class. 25. So you. Did you pass? I learned something! What did you learn? That's your test. 32, and I needed a 36. So, what did you learn? What was your class? <laughs> Crap. <laughs> <laughs> that goes in other skills. I think you mean bother. <laughs> 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 Fuck. Okay. Ass. Bollocks! <laughs> Yeah, etiquette is a new skill. You write it in that gap, and you roll a d6 and have that many percent in it. I will have Ned Hemingway. Polar, so I'll have three plus another I four. Polar as well. Polar survival. Five percent for Jenna Tatton Brown in I polar survival. I now have seven percent. That means I'll die ninety-three percent of the time. <laughs> Two. Two percent in etiquette. How useful for you. You know, it's do, impolite um, to belch in public. I'm gonna have to do the navigate and polar survival. Go for it. Learn your first one, right, Chris. Hey, you do. Twelve. Nice one. That Go for it. D6 on navigation. Oh, one percent. And polar survival. You learn radio ops as well. That's what too. My yeah. God, did you get the succeed in? Int? Yeah, bloody hell, you're good. All right, right polar survival. Nine percent on radio ops. You're not awful. Not awful. Dang, I didn't learn anything in Polar Survival. You're good. The only Die. thing you ever learn is etiquette. That's that's the most important. How did you do, Glenn? <laughs> I rolled a 13 and waited for the pencil. You'd be so oh, polite to those monsters. Please don't shoot us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I need the eraser now. And All right, so Polar Survival. Yep, go for it, Tracy. A one. A one. A one. Go for it. Uh, you know you want to give him a max roll. Yeah, you can have six for a one. Okay. You can have just have a six. What was it? Pull the survival. Teach yeah. me, Tracy! <laughs> Teach me, Tracy! <laughs> just hang around with him. Yeah, yeah, you can't go out naked, dude. Ballroom dancing or... That was a bad week's... etiquette to go out right. naked in the... 
It's better to get to go out naked. Right, on the 23rd of October, the barometer plummets in the early morning hours as a fierce gale sweeps in from the west. By five o'clock, the wind is blowing gusts of up to 50 miles an hour. Captain Vrendenberg turns the ship to run with the storm, but for several hours, the Gabrielle is at the mercy of the wind and wave, tossed from peak and trough by the fury of the elements. Passengers are taken on the wildest roller coaster ride of their lives, but it's not the not one that they enjoy. More than half of the expedition is helplessly nauseous. I'll be down. I'll be. <laughs> I'll be down. I'll be down in the hall on my kangaroo. You know. Would you Would you like to make rolls for, for seasickness? It's yeah, so freaking nasty. <laughs> Hang on. Yes, what do I roll? I mean, I mean, that's so icky. Seasickness, storm, <laughs> con times two. Ah, it's, it was higher for me, I remember. Eight. Because I had sailed before. Oh, I'm very seasick. Oh, crap. You're, yeah, you and half the crew. <laughs> I'm vomiting yeah. all over Fred. Pity one. That's a failure. Please hold my hair for away from my Eight. 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 You're okay. Everyone else is sick. Woo. We're riding the kangaroo up and down the deck. It's still not nice for you, yeah. because everyone else is sick. <laughs> That's why I'm on the kangaroo. So there is no kangaroo. <laughs> he said, I can have a kangaroo. Okay. No kangaroos for you. riding around on the <laughs> well, no, ride Those who remain have difficulty even walking on deck, so fierce is the ship's pitching <laughs> motion. Small, unsecured objects clatter and roll about the passengers' cabins. I'm sketching. I can use my roller. Uh, you are the only one yeah. lucky enough to be up and about. Are sent at once to make certain the cargo and equipment in the labs <coughs> does not get loose and smash. Great, Everyone else is busy heaving. Great, I'm going home in a bag. Shortly before 7pm, the fierce wind dies and the black wall of clouds to the west dissolves suddenly. Everyone on board is treated to a magnificent sunset, banners of orange and green and gold fusing and chasing one another across the lowering sky. It is a wonderful surprise, ending, ending to a, memor- a memorable day. Gabrielle turns south once more. (sighs) Dawn on the 24th clears and fold with bitter wind sweeping in from the south carrying the chill of the polar ice. Ice rime builds up on the lines and railings. After the rough ride of the previous day the ocean is as smooth as glass. The ship makes excellent progress in moderate seas. Captain Vrendenberg orders the crew to rig for foul weather knowing that yesterday's storm will not be the last. Heavy lines are rigged fore and aft along the deck to be used as handholds and guides when needed, and much loose equipment is stored. The ship continues south. I found the doctor. Yes? Um, do you have anything that can knock me out for the next three weeks? I don't, <laughs> I don't like vomiting. It's very unbecoming. Um, I'm sorry, Jenna. Uh, perhaps... Uh... Valium? Pills? Afraid not. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think the problem is seasickness. It will pass. You will get used to it. Try to stay towards the centre of the ship, where it moves less. But I'm a lady. I don't need to vomit. I don't want to vomit. I got some It's pain. very, very I get seasick crass. too. I know what it is. It's really bad. I mean, half the crew would stricken with it, I'm afraid. But you don't understand. If somebody's to see me vomiting, then my whole image as a... No, I'm bigger than you. I'll just stand in front. And nice, yeah. polite, yeah. genteel. Everybody knows Socialite. We're all we're all chipping in. So you worry about these pictures? <laughs> <laughs> you were, all, all you've got is like drips of vomit from yourself down the front of the camera. I was going to say they're not me. They're, they're <laughs> <laughs> what do I do? I just wear roller roller skates the entire time. <laughs> you didn't see me get seasick. And then it rocks. It, it hasn't got anything to do. Stop it. 
You gotta just catch it. You see, I have sketching as an as an advantage skill. I'm positive, General. Really perhaps, perhaps you, help you me. could take um, a strong brandy and try and lie down when it starts next time. I hope the ship doesn't turn sideways. Okay. So, Thank daybreak you. on October the 25th brings with it a weird, shadowy world. The ship pushes forward at reduced speed through thick, freezing fog. Rime thickens on all exposed surfaces. Frost points grow across ports and windows. The deck becomes slick and dangerous. The captain reduces speed once and then a second time as visibility drops and the sea calms. The first iceberg is sighted at 2.40pm. A huge... A huge old glacial table, 40 yards across, weathered and crumbled, its sides undercut in, the hundred, uh, with a, in a hundred caves from the working of wind and water. Other bergs follow, looming up out of the mist like ghosts. By sunset, the ship is passed close by a dozen of them, each trailed by its, li- by its little flock of chips and shards. One of the floors has a deep greenish-black, riding barely above the water, but almost half again as long as the ship. Towards sunset, the barometer begins to drop. The crew fears a coming storm. Captain Vrendenberg turns ship heading east, unwilling to push into the field of bergs in night and rough weather. By morning on the 26th, however, the promised storm has not arrived. The ship veers southward once more, in flurries of heavy snow, past wildly scattered ice floes. You've made it into the sort of... I'm drawing on the windows. Have you ever seen icebergs? Like, real life? I've only, I've only seen them from the air. Not in they're Texas, really... no. Well, obviously, yeah. <laughs> Plus we get thrown ice cubes in a, like, Sprite or something. You know, if, if it gets, you know, if it, uh, if it starts to a little ice over here, people slide and die. So, you know, icebergs really bad. Yeah, I've seen that, actually. I've seen how shit you are in the rain. God forbid it ever gets icy. One of the um, trips over to America sometime, one of the routes is that they'll go, from England, they'll go up. They'll and go over up, Greenland. And I remember, I've got pictures of icebergs, icebergs from the air. Yeah, it's just yeah. like... It's very oh, cool. Weird. But no, over here it was raining. I took my mum to Weight Watchers um, last Fat month. Fighters. Fat Fighters. Last Monday. Last Monday? Wednesday. Uh, last Wednesday. It was pissing it down with rain. And the lights were out all over the place. And I saw two cars in the ditch. There's one down on Grant. There's a school. And clearly this school kid had gone right after my band practice or my cheerleading or my fluffing teacher's cock or whatever. And she got in her car, clearly tired from whatever she'd been doing, and she'd pulled out of the car park, and rather than turning onto the road, she'd clearly put the foot down on her six-ton truck and span it, and she'd gone across the road, into the ditch, out of the ditch, and was stuck with the back end in the water that was about as deep as it gets, and if she'd opened her door, she'd fallen in. So she was just sat there on her mobile phone looking miserable. Yeah, that's us in our pride. <laughs> it's crazy. On the plus side, if the weather is really foul, you know, we know how to survive hurricanes better than anyone else in this country. Do they have the stupidity law here? What's what? that? Stupidity <laughs> law. Yeah. Arizona mm-hmm. has a stupidity law because um, during flood season, yeah. there's signs everywhere. <laughs> Danger. Okay. Flood. Yeah. yeah. Do not enter, do not go through. Yeah. So if anybody tries to go through there, yeah. the stupidity law is is you, if you have to get towed out, 
you get a five hundred dollar fine. Yeah, they're called. <laughs> what for risking somebody else? Yeah, and making now they have the heavy safe clear, which is almost the same thing. Because that's if your car breaks down for any reason, they'll tow it and charge you, whether you want it towed or not. So all not. these people that are in the bad storms here, they'll drive in the really bad underpasses, won't because they? In the flood. Yeah, they they have signs on the way to Florida. If raining, turn your windshield wipers on. <laughs> turn your headlights on if it's raining. I'm like. Well, it was like when I was up in Baltimore and they had two hurricanes come by and they lost, you know, like 20, 30 people and they were Category 1s. We don't lose that many on a Category 5 here. Yes, but you have people that die in ice. Yeah, everybody a, has the weather that they drive on. It. Yeah, everybody has the weather they they used to and they can deal with. Yeah, but you know, I've got a hemi. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah skids around on the that's road. That's the thing is, we we, we can't handle white weather. But, you know, a Category Five hurricane, no problem. We can handle like, the really bad it's stuff. It's like uh, England. We're so used to dealing with rain and cold and yeah. wind. We're absolutely fine. But if you give us like a heat wave, no. people will die. People die in England. Because we're so yeah. used to it. So not used to it. Although Where's did, the rain? It's cold down dead. We did have an earthquake in England. Yeah, we had an earthquake last week. 5.2. 5.2 on the Richter scale. The epicenter yeah. was 14 miles from yeah. where my mum lived. Somebody said, it's like, did the earth move for you too? Yeah. I was so disappointed that my mum slept through it. Because I rang her up the next day and I said, Oh, what was it like? It was a thick thing was saying. Somebody had wrote an article apparently um, somewhere in the news about it. And apparently it's dangerous in England. We have narrow mantelpieces and lots of knickknacks. <laughs> Anything could have happened. Which, uh, if you go, if you go, on, <laughs> if you go on the Sky News site, honestly, if you find the pictures that people have submitted, yeah. there's one where this woman's gone in and her desk and her um, cup's fallen over. She's taken a picture of it, sent it to the Sky News site, and said, "Look, look at the catastrophe that happened with this earthquake." And there's 55 photos in this set, and like 30 of them are people taking the piss, going, "Oh my God, look, this traffic cone fell over." <laughs> Apparently there was some serious damage done to yeah. some. Yeah, it's going to cost millions. It's, to ma- fix it's, it's mainly cracks um, and structural yeah, damage. Structural damage. But these people have. have gone in and gone. Oh, look, it broke three dishes. Yeah. <laughs> my knickknacks have fallen off my mantle. The only thing that happened in my mum's house was my delf shelf <laughs> has been completely my de-delf. S- my sister's makeup bag fell off something. And she kind of woke up, went, oh, that fell over, and went back to sleep. <laughs> I didn't even feel it. And I was just like... Uh, friend of mine just thought she'd left her vibrator on. <laughs> friend, of, friend of mine's wife went to California one time, and they had like a 5-0 earthquake. Nothing. You know, not a real one. It was just... Not a real one. Back from the to them. But she was like, what, what was that? He goes, that was an earthquake. And he goes, I have it all the time. Yeah, and you people live here? <laughs> It's like, well, we have, like, disasters in, in Texas? Yeah, but we got two weeks' warning. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming. Well, we it's coming to, into the Gulf. We have it's earthquake. two weeks away. Yeah. We and it could. In, in, in yeah. yeah, but they don't tend to be as strong as that. That's the strongest. Yeah, that's like what's there. 5.2 is strong for England, strong we're nowhere near it. We're not on a shelf or anywhere. There you go. That was, that was your natural disaster. Well, maybe, maybe all those dormant volcanoes are waking up. <laughs> in England, yeah. Ooh, England's going to turn into Hawaii. Hawaii. I'm going to Hawaii maybe next week or oh, the week after. That'd be nice. Yeah. Alright, so. Yeah. <laughs> pictures on the so we, 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 we've settled on Australia or uh, Antarctica. We've taken some pictures and we're flying back. Got it. Yeah. October the 26th, 1933. Gabriel steams south towards the ice pack. Shortly after noon, the barometer plummets further. Within an hour, it has fallen lower than any of the scientists have ever seen before. What's a barometer? It measures, air. It, measures, character. it measures air pressure. Oh. 
That was him coming. Air pressure gauge is what I know it is. Barometer. Alright. If it's low, it means that the air pressure is... What? A solid wall of black clouds pours from the southwest with breathtaking speed, falling on the ship with a wave of howling wind and spray. The vessel is caught in the grip of a terrible storm. Gusts well over 60 miles per hour clutch at the booms and wires, hammer open doors and threaten to tear away wooden canvas covers before they can be battened down. Immense waves rise high overhead, crashing down across the deck with hollow, thundering booms. Gabriel rings and shudders with every attack, healing and plunging deep into the grey Antarctic waters. Men suffer and struggle in the engine room and on the bridge, trying desperately to bring the bow around before the ship is torn apart by the force of the storm. It is all but impossible to stand. Walking without handholds is out of the question. All around, the air is full of screams and groans of the tortured ship. As its metal plates are stressed in every possible direction at once. Above decks, the rain sweeps in in horizontally from the south, carrying with it hail and sleet that scours flesh and shatters glass. The crates lashed in the holds shift with every pitch and roll of the ship. The ropes and straps holding them in place strain to their utmost, their creaking adding to the cacophony above. The dogs, helpless in their cages, aft scream and howl in terrified confusion. The storm does not cease. Hour after hour, the ship wallows on. Again and again, the bow disappears beneath the wall of waves. Time after time, watery hammer blows slam against the superstructure and cover the bridge windows in rhyme. Anyone on the ship, that's all of you, can roll constitution times one to avoid seasickness. Roll low, Glenn. No! Two! <laughs> Yeah. Oh, you weren't using that dice because it's broken. Well, you told me it was rolling it too high. Yeah. Now it's, now it's rolling too low. I'll switch to percentile. Very good. I'm sick. Everybody's sick except for Glenn. Please tie me to my bed so I can't fall off. I told you, it's robot roller skates. Below decks, you huddle miserably. Hey? Lots of you reading in this. Are you happy? Just, just I rolled a one on these. It's just the intro to the ice. You're going to about to get to do something. That's I, I get you in one of those... Um, Horse feeder bags. <laughs> Put it on her head uh, so she can puke right into it. That's I'll nice of you. I made perception roll. You huddle miserably in the lounge. get the camera and just start taking tons of pictures. Or in it. your cabins, <laughs> clutching bowls and basins and spooning in distress. The ship's kitchen is awash with water from pots swept off the stoves, but the cook and his mess boys struggle to prepare a hot meal. That nobody's going to eat. Yep. Just after six... All of you can make listen rolls, but everyone who's sick can take a minus 10%. 82. Dang. All I have is a 50. 10. Does that get under your listen? Uh, Minus 10? Where's Luffer listen? Oh, I have 35. Yes, it does then. Anyone else succeed? Mm. Stop hitting the table. (laughs) Is that a yes? I'll just cut your hands off. You made it. Yeah. With a minus 10. Yeah. Right, you and... Jenna, both here, around six o'clock, a terrible tearing crash oh. from somewhere forward well forward as uh, the ship slams down into a trough. The crash is repeated moments later, and then again as a, th- a third time as the Gabriel heals and slews. Idea checks for you two? Okay, is it the ship or is it something inside the ship? 
Iceberg, run you ahead! Remember, you remember that green thing that was under the iceberg? I think something's moving. Yeah. In the sh- inside the ship. Tell. It's the plane. Ten? Nice one, Jenna. Well, yeah, I got a nine. You think that some <laughs> heavy piece of cargo has gotten loose and is slamming about in the hold. I'm going to go check the plane. You're sick. That's the heavy piece of cargo. Yeah. I'm I'll throw up in the hallway. I'll rollerblade down see what's down there. <laughs> You're so gay with your new hair. <laughs> 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 just, do the, just do the skating, basically. <laughs> You look like Kim's Oh no, you're going to say that. You need to do this, you need to just do that. <laughs> you just need to try that hard to look gay, unfortunately. Although I do like you. So yeah, it. I'll... I'm sure everybody heard that. If it was... No, we heard it. They heard it. You didn't. Crash, you didn't. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we'll go and find somebody. Well, yeah, they shout out that there's something loose in the hole. Maybe if we both climb our vomits like to each other, we won't get any on us. Are you going? <laughs> <laughs> are you going to the hole? <laughs> Let me check trying. what minuses you are at um, walking. Oh, we're gonna, I'm going to go walking. find some other people who aren't sick. Who aren't sick, yeah. Just randomly call someone down who's not throwing up. Go um, check them. <laughs> Something's moving. I'll go get the rest of the rollerblading for the roller skating crew. Disgusting crew. The surfers. <laughs> the surfers are all on there going, Woo! Yeah. Surfing the, the wave, Right, yeah. Um, you gather some people, including the cryptozoologist and Tracy, if he's willing to walk. I don't think he's willing. I think it's You're going to have to go up onto deck to get into the, um, into the... Into the hole. I got plenty of semen. <laughs> um, you shout an alarm, and you've quickly got a dozen crewmen alarm, ready alarm. to help you, um, including Starkweather. Oh no, hang on. Um, though just about every other expedition member, including Starkweather, is helpless due to nausea. Uh, ropes hang in coils, but the outside uh, by the outside hatches. These can be used to lash 16. you and the crew to each other and to guidelines on the deck while you work your way to the hulls. You're tying yourself to the ship. We have to go up over. It's not like little... Oh, no. Are you going? No, I'm not going. Okay. Who's going? <sighs> Boys are you, going. You can go. I'll give you permission. Yeah. We'll take I'll everybody. send you as my emissary. <laughs> so <laughs> 12 crew are with you. They're lashing themselves to the ha- guidelines so they don't get okay. swept One, off I ain't going on the deck. Two, I ain't being tied to no dirty There's no even. time to string lights, electric torches, or storm lanterns must be carried if anything is to be seen. So some of the crewmen have electric torches and storm lanterns. Okay. The moment go, the outside emissary. hatch is released, winds... Try to tear it out of the holder's hands. Who's opening the hatch? Crewman Tracy! Ape. Crewman <laughs> Ivan, yeah. yeah. Crewman Ivan. Yeah. Ape. Who will? Okay, Ape. You need to pick. No, no, no. Crewman 1. The red coat. Hang on. The door must roll strength. <laughs> Crewman 1. Against a strength 12 of the wind on the resistance terminal. Alright, well. Oh, no, you. You you roll me strength against the re- a strength 12 on the resistance terminal. 24. That might well do it. Hang on. Active characteristic is you. What's your strength? 16. Against a 12 requires less than a 70. Alright, 24 is nice. Yep. You um, managed to stop it from smashing against the wall but and ripping the door off. And you kind of gently lower it against the side. Um, rain, wind and water pour into the interior. <laughs> Outside it's as black as night. The air cuts like a knife in your throats and lungs, numbing any exposed skin. Breath whips away in thin streams of mist, lost in the storm. 
Anyone without mm. thick protective garments, probably most of you, are soaked to the skin and freezing in moments. Oh, it brings me back. There, there is no light except that <laughs> from lamps club. and torches. <laughs> Flying ice and spray make the flashlight beam solid columns of white against the darkness. Visibility is less than 20 feet. The decks are rhymed with ice, slick and uncertain underfoot. The freezing water washes knee-deep against the cargo hatches with every breaking wave. The sound is immense, the boom of waves and the constant shriek of the wind are so loud everyone must shout to be heard. Hand over hand, the little party pulls itself along the ropes to the hatches. There are three cargo holds in line forward of the bridge. It is from one of them that the noise comes. Every person must roll a dex roll while travelling to each succeeding hatch or be knocked over by the rushing sea. Well, I'm following. Straight dex. Straight dex. We're going to roll under that, right? Yeah. Double. You do know it's very bad form to have to make, like, new characters all the time, don't you, David? Is that a no? You have to roll under your dex? Yeah. Times what? Nothing. Dex check. Okay, so I'm going to roll under an eight. I'm assuming you're all attached to the guide ropes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let me just put this 880 at a zero zero. Yeah. No. Yeah, you all fall to the deck and try to drag yourself along, essentially, with the guide ropes. Brings me back to the deck. That was going to be, if any investigator is not attached to the guide line when this occurs, needs to roll a successful look or be swept over the side. Look. Got luck. Luck. Oh. Excuse me. Luck. More than that, yeah. It's kind of much more guttural than look. What? Yeah. Uh, those who succeed in saving themselves are able to grab the You outnumber us, you can like, take the piss out of us. No, they can't. We're just better at We invented America, they can't do that. <laughs> right, there's no way to tell from which hatch the sound <laughs> originates. The noise of the storm is simply too great. Instead, a hatch must be opened and someone must go below. The three forward cargo hatches are each 45 feet long and 25 feet wide, sealed securely against the weather. They cannot be opened. Only the small, single-man inspection covers can be undogged. These open in, onto steel-rung ladders which descend into the holds. One question. Hmm? Uh, uh, they're separate holds, right? Yeah, three. How many people do we have with us? Twelve. You and twelve others. Oh, well, there we go. Mm-hmm. Two apiece. So, you, two of the sailors pull open the first deck hatch and climb on down. Are you lot carrying on? Or I'll slide with them. You're going down with them? Sure. Everything seems secure down here in the sort of dark we'll light. Go to the next one then. Okay. You open the second one. This is to number two tween deck hold. As you open the hatch, you hear thumps and tearing rumbles. Hold on, everybody. I think we may have some tearing rumbles down here. Yep. Can be heard from above at the moment anyone descends the ladder. Um, worse, the thin, oily smell of kerosene fills the air. The damage seen in the dim light from an electric torch is horrifying. Two of the four great engines belonging to the Boeing aircraft have broken free from their straps <laughs> and are loose within the chamber. They each pitch and shift of the ship. They roll and bound about the compartment like gigantic steel bowling balls. The remnants of their crates are wooden shards scattered about the floor. What are you drawing? She's drawing Ned. <laughs> it looks like Santa. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's my math teacher. 
Nice one, Dave. Looks like Kevin Smith. <laughs> I was say most boring. Silent Ned. <laughs> Jade, Silent Ned. Trying again. Everything in the hold shows the scars left by the careening motors. The remaining two engines are still secure. Their crates are battered and crushed on one end, but the motors themselves are not greatly damaged. If you're making that into a mask, I'm going to be so <laughs> upset. <laughs> She's going to look at me taking it apart. <laughs> Somebody got very excited when they were stacking these plates. The boxes containing the wings of the the plane are dimpled and crushed by the engine's passage in several places, and the plane itself shows huge dents and gaping rents in its belly and along its fuselage. The pallet of of kerosene... Where am I? Tins that were secured against one bulkhead is smashed and askew. Flammable liquid spreads from the crumpled containers sloshes across the deck with every pitch or yaw. Shadows dance hugely in the torch's dim glow. The destruction is considerable. If something is not done quickly, it could get much worse. In the kerosene-smeared chamber, a chance-made spark might start a fire that could sink the ship. If it descends through the floor of wood beams into the row of gasoline drums in the compartment below. That was clever, wasn't it? Stacking your kerosene drums above your gasoline drums. Yeah. Make sure it's all in one area, so when the ship goes up, it all goes up. And we also, (laughs) the first ever made of alchemist fire, we put right in the middle in between them. Yeah. So that way when they fall, they break them open and it's just fire. (laughs) Ned, you know that each one of these engines weighs nearly 800 pounds and they're made of solid steel. Solid steel. Anyone caught by one moving is going to be horribly, horribly injured. Was it the airplane? Quick, go catch it. The aeroplane. I knew it, I knew it. It's the aeroplane engines. Oh, I want me to go catch it? Alright. The tween deck hold is a single 50 by 35 foot room, 12 foot high, dominated by the fuselage in the centre. Two motors shift at roughly the same time. One person can climb right. Okay, they're currently at the opposite end of the room. What are you doing? We're going to cargo nets. There are some... Okay, let's try to rig it up so if one of the engines hit, we can wheel catch. They're not very big, though. They're not for the moving boxes. These engines are huge. Okay. Anything that a big rope would do fine. It looks like, what does it look like? A oh, my God. Is. He looks like a gay unibrow. <laughs> <laughs> He's the only gay man at all. <laughs> So you're going, me. <laughs> He's got a pohawk. How cute. Look how he does. He's very cute. My drawing on paper plates is exceptional. I'll take photos and post them on the website. <laughs> very good. Right, where were we? Yes, they're currently at the opposite end of the hold. Anyone going down? Yeah, I'm going to hand it down. Last thing we need is this thing to, you know, rack. Okay. Um, you each descend the ladder. Yeah. And you're in the hold. Takes you... We're going to combat rounds now. It takes one of you, one round, descend the ladder. Okay. okay. Hop on the uh, hop on the engine Do and I just see the ropes? brakes. There are ropes here, yeah. They're all dangling down. Okay. Wow. We need about four ropes and everybody holding on, on Some both Some of the sides. sailors start coming down and then the ship... Turns and the engines start to roll towards you. So you're going to need to give me a dodge check to jump out of the way. Sweet, I put skills on that. So did I. 
Hey, that seems good. You can jump out the way. See, even these guys like me. <laughs> 33, I'm good. You dodge. Go on, Batman, what's your dodge? 47. That's pretty good. Batman dodges. Everybody dodges. Except for the one, one crewman. There's a sailor. Ah! Sailor's down with you. One. There's, there's just a smear on the floor now, right? One of the sailors gets hit, and the other one that came down doesn't. Look out, Ensign Smith! The sailor that gets hit takes ten points of damage and is crushed against the back wall. Dead. He kind of slides to the floor. Everybody who dodged needs to make me a dex check, please. Oh, freaking goddamn it. Sorry. Nope. Twelve on a twelve. Another thirty-three. You you actually hit your decks. Exactly. Fine. Um, you two jump, and you hit the floor after dodging out the way of the the. Well, that's what we're supposed to do in war. You jump and hit the dirt. Well, that way they can't shoot. Either you. way, you you slide in the kerosene and lose your footing. I land on your ass. The other crewman who isn't crushed to death <laughs> on a one dodges and lands on his feet. He does a freaking backflip through the kerosene. <laughs> <laughs> right. What are you gonna do? You got ropes. We need to rig up about. Can four we get ropes. kerosene on the floor now? Yeah, kerosene. <laughs> kerosene barrels were ripped apart by these. I grab get the ropes and start tying. Not David. <laughs> he, looks, the other he looks like a cranky. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing Glenn. Oh my own. god! <laughs> He's a beaker <laughs> from the Muppets. <laughs> Get the uh, other crewman that's up since the oil since the ground's kind of oily and try to get that engine off of the wounded guy. It's good. Yeah, well, it's currently stationary. These things uh, weigh 800 pounds. I take the ropes and Never start securing. Okay. Are you all concentrating on one engine? Yes. What? Yeah. yeah. There's more guys coming down. Every round yeah. you get an additional get the, help. Um, get the one off the, uh, the injured guy and get okay. lashed to the wall. You can't move it off of him. It's 800 yeah. pounds. Well, I thought the yeah, ground was kind of slick. So. It is, but if you slide it, you're going to take his legs off. Uh, okay. It's going to roll We're, back, yeah. but I think you're concentrating on the other one, aren't you? Yeah, the one's no. moving. Are yeah. you holding... Yeah, you're not going to tie the one down on top of the injured guy. Yeah. yeah. There's the two moving. He's under one, and there's the other one, and they're both at your end of the cabin at the moment. So you could tie one down, let it roll off of him, get him the hell out of there, and then hopefully tie it up at the other end. We'll yeah, do that. Alright. Four of you can attempt to hold this one down. Alright. What are we going to do? Add your strengths together. Well, 16, so that's... Okay, 14. You can have a 14 so from the si- we sale that came down, would you? 28 plus 26 is 52. 52? Yeah. Versus its size of 30. So we'll say half each gives you... 26 and 8, 15. That should work on the table. Yep, make a roll. What roll? Any one of you make a roll. roll. Make it low. 39. 39. Good enough. Glenn, this one girl, that's funny, I like that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to get my camera. I'm going to make you all hold your plates. His hair looks like Spider Man's emo hair. Yeah, actually, he said that. We were watching Spider-Man 3 on DVD, and he went all emo, and we went, good God, he looks like Glenn. Yeah, Especially when he was doing that pointy dance. We were expecting it to go into, like, feed the pigeons and cut the dwarves, but it didn't get that far into disco. 
Yes. <laughs> with the running man. To the hustle. Yeah. You managed to hold this one down. Pigeons in the park. Are you going to try and secure it to the... Um, yeah. Right. There are cargo nets and D-rings uh, up by the bulkhead. Are you going to try and... Um, you've caught a motor and it must be secured by someone else who is not involved in trying to hold it down. Securing the motor takes a few minutes, 10 to 15 combat rounds, and requires an appropriate amount of rope chain steel strapping. So, one of the sailors comes to help you with that. <coughs> that isn't the sailor that's already helping you. It's the one that's under that one end. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. I made myself wide. He starts to sort of throw stuff around and starts to tie stuff off. After a while, the other engine rolls away. Let's see, or starts to. Let's see if the other um, sailors can do it. On a six, they've actually managed to lash it down and hold it still. So they're trying to attach it. They've kind of mm. let it slide a little, and they've pulled their mate out, and they're now trying to lash it back to the bulkhead. Nice. <laughs> they're doing all right on a 14. So... Anyone attempt to catch the second motor needs to do the same. Yeah, they've done that already. And a four. Yeah, you're, you've lashed them good and proper. With a little luck, the threat can be put down. The group, battered and exhausted from strain. Maybe five minutes of holding this massive heavy weight, it's eventually attached to the wall enough. Essentially, every bit of rope and scrapping is used to, to lash this to the bulkhead to stop it moving both of them. The injured crewman is taken up onto deck where he's slid along back to the crew quarters. Just toss him overboard, he's dead. He's not dead. He's well injured. He's almost dead. <laughs> he's dead. You're like Dark Batman, aren't you? <laughs> well, he's the Dark Knight. Like, I not, am the Dark You're not like campy 70s Batman. <laughs> no. <laughs> Whatchamadoohickey, Batman! Ow! <laughs> Whatchamadoohickey, bat. Nice one, Linz. Oh my god, you look old. <laughs> no, I mean, with the little things, it looks like you have, like, yeah. like crack baby cheekbone. Like, yeah. Crack baby. Paris Hilton on more crack. Yeah. Crack baby. She's like the super skinny cheeks. Like, yes, because I look just the same as Paris Hilton. Crack yeah, right. It makes you, your cheeks look shallow. Oh no, it's... <laughs> It's almost a Barbara Streisand. <laughs> Barbara Streisand. Are we talking crazy control. Barbara or like big schnoz Barbara? No, not big schnoz. Right. Oh, you are the only pilot here. You check over the stuff. Two loose engines are in bad shape, cracked and dented in ways that make them useless. That's going to pick up on the recording. Right, right, let's go back to Australia and get more that. engines. <laughs> Um, they can't be fixed aboard the ship or on the ice. The two engines that remain in their crates are battered but essentially undamaged. The Boeing aircraft itself, however, is useless. The Shackleton's wings are crushed in places, its, engine tank, its fuel tanks punctured, the fuselage smashed or twisted at the number of points. Um, the other aircraft crew, come on in, and you yourself have already done it. You pronounce the plane unfit to fly. So start fixing it. Can you tell what, whether what it, with? Can you tell whether the ropes range. came undone on their own or whether it was done on purpose? Can I tell? Let me a uh, spot check or uh, knowledge strapping check. 
A knowledge Batman check, he makes it. What's more, more than half of your kerosene tins have been breached. 99. 99. You totally failed. Yeah, you fucked that totally. You I could look, I could make it. Go no, it. it was all natural. You know that, or like he did it. I have no idea what I'm rolling for. Alright, I failed then. A three. Sucks. You failed on a three? No, a 73 I oh. needed. I was like three off. Okay. Um. Yeah, half of your kerosene tins have been breached and their contents have run into the hold. Um, yeah. <sighs> You've run out of kerosene. Oh, your half your kerosene's gone. Um, is successful spot hidden, anyone? Yeah. Spot hidden, lens? Oh, you're not there. Don't do it. Yeah, I rolled one. Yeah? Um, yep. You discover that the cleats holding the straps onto the engine crates were carefully corroded as if by acid on the undersides where no one would see. The resultant weakening was not detectable before, but as enough to cause them to break in the fury of the storm. Next time we play that adventure, I'll remember to look there. (laughs) You've actually got to critically succeed on your spot uh, spot hidden to find it. Yeah, but I didn't. Well, this time I did. Okay, that's funny. Henning's final legacy of sabotage has cost you more than all the rest that's of his work stupid. put together. <laughs> you work your way back to the crew quarters. Let's get this over with, and then we can get back to the adventure, dear. Okay, hurry up. Give me me. You look like Greek tragedies. <laughs> oh no, I blurred it, hang on. Not you, Hal, I'm taking that to it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so if we would have spotted it, would we, would we have avoided oh, no, all this damage? I look like a drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Bag is eyes. The eyes, look at that pupil. Glenn. <laughs> you look it's upside drunk. down, you tune. You need a little finger things too. <laughs> do, 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 do. I cannot believe you're taking pictures of plate masks that you've drawn. Well, I don't have any pictures up for this game. I'm going to have to do me. Do me! Do me! Bend over on target. Oh my god, that looks horrible. Oh, Christ, that blurred, you're moving. I'm not moving, I'm shaking. Turn it to the left. And again, stop shaking. At your right. Stole it stale. <laughs> I got you. Did you get Glenn? No. We're having a group shot when we're done, don't worry. Where were we? Yes. You work back to the crew quarters. Starkweather is red faced and furious with news of the damage. Doubly so if the sabotage is revealed. We don't resume we don't so what? Was it definitely yes. Ruby? The straps were corroded. He storms Ruby. back and forth for more than an hour. Yeah, you couldn't find it. You needed a critical spot hidden success. Uh, shouting curses and slamming his fists into the wall and onto the tables. There's nothing he can do except push on. Starkweather becomes violent at the mere suggestion of turning back. Trembling, he, sh- he soars the air with clenched fists as he shouts, No! Out of the question! Impossible! Not when we're so close! Three planes, or two, or one, it doesn't matter. We're going on. On, I tell you. Now, get out. Hi, Rube. We can't get out. We're still at sea. <laughs> Our... Means of his cabin. <gasps> the furious storm continues for two more days, calming gradually on the morning of the 28th. 
Visibility remains low. The sky is lost behind flurries of heavy snow. The captain decides it is safe to turn south in calmer seas. Gabrielle turns her nose once more towards the pole. Throughout the day and through the next... <laughs> I see what you're drawing. That's Ruby. Looks like a monkey. <laughs> it looks like a camel monkey. <laughs> In fact, it looks like Barney Bear. Which who, means nothing to you, Rob. Like yeah, who's Barney Bear? It's a monkey. Was it Bertie Bear or... Billy Bear. Bear. Billy Bear, that's right. We have deli meat in a supermarket in England that's shaped and looked like a bear. It's, it's yeah. made in like long sausages with like a bear face in the middle. You just put in the slices so each slice has a bear on it. <laughs> what are you doing? I don't think this is considered disrupting the game, though. Oh! No, it's in... In character. <laughs> <laughs> While they're trying to strap the motors down, you're drawing masks for them. Oh, I was keeping myself occupied oh. while I was seeing. Sounds good. The ships are crashed! Hold on, let me sketch that! <laughs> what have you just done? Gave it hot tea. Poor old Rubester. Look at those googly eyes. She has googly eyes. She looks like a sheep. <laughs> it doesn't look like any animal on it. It's the bunyip! <laughs> I shoot it. I shoot it. Oh my god, you need to take a picture of her face? And send it to Google and put a G <laughs> and stuff like your eyes the O's. That's funny. Right, yes, where were we? Gabrielle turns south. Throughout the day and through the next, the ship weaves its way carefully through the fleets of giant icebergs. Progress is steady, though slow. Ice mountains loom up through the murk and pass by without a sound. All that can be heard above deck is the faint whine of the wind, the hiss of the waves, and the cries of the crewmen on lookout at the bow and the stern. On the 29th, the ship moves into the region where the surface of the sea is crowded with shards and clumps of icy slush. These clatter thinly against the hull, but do not impede forward progress. Nevertheless, as the ice grows thicker and begins to harden, the captain turns west in search of clearer water. All of the 30th is spent pushing through thin sea ice. Large ice floes are everywhere, as well as flat sheet as much as half a mile long. It is clear that Gabriel has reached the outskirts of the pack ice and that the pack is, indeed, loose and running. It does not, however, seem safe to turn south. The following day, the ship's westward progress is stopped by ice. To the south and west in all directions, the sheets and humps of pack extend as far as the eye can see. The sea is flat, the sky cloudy and the air clear and cold. Even the usual swell of the sea is dampened by the presence of ice on all sides. After so many days at sea, the unmoving deck feels strange underfoot. Gabriel sails east again, searching for clearer water, pushing slowly through the thin crust of sea ice that cracks and splinters beneath the bow. She skirts the edge of the pack for two more days without finding a way south. Just after three o'clock on the morning of November the 3rd, however, a lookout spots a broad open lead of clear water. Arrowing to the southeast through the thicker floes. Encouraged, Starkweather orders the captain to press on. By noon, the ship has pushed 20 miles into the pack. Walls and cornices of ice rise to port and starboard. The chunks of panes of sea ice atop the lead tinkle musically as the ship pushes through. The ice tinkle. The ice rises and falls on either side, slowly rubbing and crumbling in the blocks as big as a man. 
now and again splintering apart with sharp gunshot reports. The barometer begins to lower once more towards sunset, but the ship presses on. That night another storm hits. This one is fully as powerful as the one the week before. Winds up to 70 miles an hour blow ice and hail, heavy seas. This time, however, an added danger exists. The pack itself. Oh. Around the ship... <laughs> what the hell? I don't even do that to my squirrel. What are you doing? She's sucking on some pot. No. Around the ship, the ice moans and shatters from the force of the sea. Huge bergs roll and grind against the Gabriel as she tries to turn to clearer water. There's nowhere to go. Again and again, the ship clangs and heals as spines and shoulders of hard ice grind against the hull. Armoured plates groan and yield, but do not break. Crewmen and passengers huddle in the mess, praying, while others toil or simply hide. There's little else to do but wait. I give up my rifle and shoot the, uh, the icebergs to death so we can get by. Yeah, that works. <laughs> the ship survives. Miraculously, it seems. The deck is awash with ice and great <laughs> seams and gouges can be seen over the rail. But the storm passes with the night and is swiftly as it came, leaving behind a new world. To all sides, the solid walls of pack are broken. Narrow cracks and threads of open water show at every hand. Gabriel turns southward again, pushing gently into the pack forcing its own way carefully forward beneath the smoking blue sky. We have got to the ice, Almost. All hands are required on deck to help push away the smaller bergs with long poles or repair damage left by the squall. Go Batman. Just one. (laughs) 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 Forcing the pack is dangerous. (laughs) The ship's engines roar and rumble as she inches up to the floe nestling softly alongside, then churning the sea behind with all the power she can bear. Usually the ice yields. Again and again she presses presses forward in this way, the heavy crashing thrum resounding through the hull. The pack ice on all sides is very thick and very old. Weird hummocks and spires rise up at odd angles. Layers of dark and light ice like the striations in ancient stone can be seen at every hand. All around are the colours of the sea, white, green and every shade of blue, Shifting from instant to instant and sparkling like cast diamonds in a stray ray of sunshine. There's no way to launch the plane from the boat, is there? No. You have to launch it off the ice. Yep. Throughout November the 4th and the 5th, the ship pushes onward through the pack. On the morning of the 5th, the radio reports that Lexington's Tallahassee is trapped deep within the ice, not more than 300 miles to the east. There is no, no way the Gabriel could help the other ship but from the satisfied look on Starkweather's face when he hears the news, it is just as well. <laughs> I'm quite happy to. Really? That Kua's getting that from That Kua. Tallahassee Kua. is a stupid word. It's an Indian word, though. Okay, for criticizing it. Bring it up. Come scalp me. <laughs> okay, I'm getting it. Please don't. I quite like my husband's scalp. Oh, come on, glad you can make it into a purse for you. <laughs> You scalp purse, a dice bag. On November the 6th, the wind dies out and a thin mist descends upon the sea. Ghostly vaporous fingers rise from the water and curl around the ice. The colours of the sea and sky blend and twist airily off of the pack. Distant objects blur and reappear like illusions. One minute the lookouts can see the horizon, the next the nearest bergs are all that they can make out through the haze. Around nine o'clock that morning, a cry is heard from the lookout as a darkened mass on the far side of an iceberg comes into view. 
As the Gabriel gets closer, the bow of a trapped whaler can be seen protruding from the ice, half frozen and adrift. First Officer Turlow surveys the wreck through binoculars. It's the Wallaroo, he says uneasily. She disappeared last autumn during a squall. No one has found a trace of her until now. Take some pictures of it. Okay. After some discussion between Starkweather, Moore and the captain, Gabriel pushes closer. A small boat is lowered, and a handful of expedition members, you are offered a place if you wish. I'll yeah. go. I'll go. I'll go. It's exercise, I'll go. Jenna's going, good. Including any brave investigators who wish to tag along, make their way to the derelict. Come, Mr. Starbuck, let's go. As you approach, more details are apparent. The hull split in half at the middle point, ice completely encompassing the four sections. Yeah, that's that's going right into the left ear of the recorder. Sorry. I don't mind the dog snuffling, but a constant oh, so whistling. the dog snuffling's alright, but like, it's making tiny noises. It's not... No. You are nasty. So we find Cthulhu inside the kill. Cthulhu oh! is living in here and has been for past bazillion years. He eats you all. I'll make so, sure no, no, remember? He's sleeping. He's grooming himself right now, so we catch him off guard. We shoot him in the Oh, yeah, he's just having a shave while you, while you walk in. Yeah, we shoot him right in the eye and he dies. Oh, come on, get it right. He's, he's been asleep for what? Countless millennia. This morning piss is going to take him ages. <laughs> yeah, we'll just stand there and wait. <laughs> and then give oh. him the worst vasectomy oh. ever. Yeah. As you were. Oh, like Austin Powers. <laughs> There's no secrets from about you now, sir. You don't understand. You're a lady. You don't understand. I have wheeze. You don't understand. The true joy of a good morning pee. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently not, if it's that exciting. You, you, you yeah. Come watch now. There's nothing... There's nothing... It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's great. It truly is wonderful. <laughs> It's like when you drop the kids off at the pool in the morning. That's truly fantastic as well. You're a fucking man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ruby. You understand She's too, don't you? Look she understands. The look on her face when she has her first slash of a morning. It's like, oh my goodness, that's brilliant. Thank you. It's really funny when, they, when it's cool outside. It's it steams. Uh-huh. Yeah. Her poo steamed this morning, actually. It, it must have been chilly. Yeah. I'm sure everybody's really thrilled to hear that. Ruby's poo was steaming this morning, everyone, yeah. as I picked it up. Steamy poo. Yeah. Poop. Well, it's all we good. have to say poop. It's it means you're quite hot bit. inside. Because you're quite hot, and you run about hundred degrees odd. Yes. Very good. Right. Uh, where were we? Yes, you're approaching. The hull split in half at the mid midpoint, ice completely encompassing the fore section, while in the aft, the distinctive twisted metal of a boiler explosion scars the hull. Aerially distorted whistles of wind careen through the misshapen. Mis- it's misshapen. Misshapen. That's a brilliant word. Misshapen. Yeah. Pinnacles of ice. <laughs> a successful throw roll. Anyone? Anyone? A what roll? Throw. Eighty-seven. Vegas throw. It's a skill. Oh yeah, I have that. If you got points in it, Everybody yeah, I got twenty-five percent chance. I got ten more. Roll. You pass. I passed. You throw a, a tether. Jenna throws a tether as well. Anyone who succeeded with throw roll can stick a ticket. Oh, sweet. You can stick throw. Stick a ticket. Stick a ticket. Can <laughs> ticket. If we did it, we could ticket. Stick a ticket. Good one, dude. <laughs> Stop eating the pen. A little monkey. Pen's consumer. See, she's a monkey. That's why I drew a monkey. Yeah, a little cutie. All right. Uh, tethers the longboat to the wreckage and allows you to climb aboard the Wallaroo. Each investigator, that's you, 
needs a successful climb roll or dex times three to avoid a mishap. Then we pick whichever what time. Do I do? Right? Whichever you like. Say that again. Right. Dex times three or climb. Okay, dex times three is thirty. Got it. Climb is forty. Forty. So you climb. on board? Yeah. Roll it, dude. Oh, I'm having a mishap. <laughs> Splash. Oh, don't you dare. Look roll. A look roll or a look roll? A, a look. look roll. So I need to roll Anyone who that. fails can roll me look. Did you look. succeed? Oh, I failed that as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, feck. I got my luck. Okay, you slip and manage to catch yourself and climb up on board. Jenna slips. And I grab her. Good, okay, you grab her. Roll but you grab twist roll. your ankle. As you fall. Oh, sorry, Ruby. I'm sorry, Dominic. For one point of damage. Yeah. I'll make a bio. Oh, hit point. It was 13. It's quite uh, a blooming lot, thanks. Oh, no, that's a lie. Hang on. A no. success on the look roll means you take a twisted ankle, Tracy, taking one point of damage. A failed roll means the invid- individual falls into the icy water. You need to make me a dex check. Um, yeah, dex. Regular dex. Yeah, not a dex. Straight dex. This is going to suck. I'm going to roll like a 99. Watch. <laughs> a one. one. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. You grab Jenna. She doesn't even touch the water. And you heave her up onto the deck. You nice were, one. You were worth every penny. <laughs> every penny. <laughs> That's so nice. Well then, done. I look down her as she lands on the deck next to me. I just look, look down and say, "Quit fucking around." That's so funny. Yeah, um, if you've gone into the water, you risk hypothermia and death. Risk. Thank you. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's con rules. Depends on how long you stay in the ice. You My can job. Be pulled out. Nice every penny, every single penny. <laughs> you climb aboard the ship near its midsection. I ro- hold on. I do not move. <laughs> Holding onto him. Yes. The rooms and cabins that remain are mostly either <laughs> forward or there. aft of them. Whichever direction you go. You stumble upon misshapen parts of skeletons, flesh stripped bare and frozen bodily fluids encrusted within the wood that they lie upon. The sight of these grisly remains is cause for a sanity check. Oh, 16. Pass. So what am I doing? I have to roll Sand check. my cord yeah. on me. Yeah, pass. I can't roll very well. I do have a pug on me. Oh, I failed. That was one of your current sanity points, right? That's better. Oh, that was a better one. Yeah, that was more of a yeah, roll. Last time you just kind of threw them down. Oh, yeah, okay. So I lose how much? There you go. Good enough. Who passes? So I lose how much? I pass. Who pa- Everyone who passed loses one point of sanity. I'm from the grisly frozen months. corpses. And if you fail? You failed. Yeah. You yes. take a d4 from the oh, grisly right. frozen corpses. They remind you of the war. Ah. The, the bile skip fluid. Yeah, I'll roll for you. I'm trying to find a d4. That might be a better option, thank you. <laughs> um, you find it odd. Oh, you find it odd, David. <laughs> but not even the clothing remains on the bodies found on deck. He's got one. Oh, that freaking sucks, too. <laughs> I got full of four I'm not, I'm not taking that one. <laughs> <laughs> Little remains of the central portion of the ship. An explosion of the ship's boilers buckled the hull and blew away much of the deck. The corroded, ice-shrouded remains of the engine's hulk below, open to the sky. The few human remains in that area are mostly bits of charred and blackened bone. Aft. Several of the skeletons lie on deck towards the rear of the ship. I'm assuming you're going aft first, because it says first in my book. Yeah. 
Oh, we have to do what you're Well, I can jump forward and backward, but it's easier. You're going to search the ship, aren't you? It's what you're there for. I don't know. I think I'm a bit kind of swoony. You're just get, hanging around with the corpses in the middle. Oh, no. <laughs> you're searching aft, then, yeah. Apparently so. <laughs> you can go back onto the boat. There's no like bullying me, is there? You can go back and sit on the boat. No, you're pretty much sticking with him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Please don't go <laughs> he's, he's got like this funny glazed look on his eyes around the corpses. Several of the skeletons lie on the deck towards the rear of the ship, arranged in neat rows. The bulk of the crew quarters reside in this section, with the steering engine, uh, steering engine room being in the at the end. Is so this badly written, or is it just hard it's to my read? Re- it's my okay. reading. Do you want to take a break and let someone else read it for a bit? Oh, good. Are you sure? You can run it if you want. I'm going to run it. <laughs> there's a difference between reading stuff out and running. There's crew quarters well. here, and there's the engine room here. Where are you checking first? Crew quarters. Crew quarters. These are small and cramped eight-foot square rooms intended for four people. None of the bodies... None have bodies in them. Many contain shredded and moulded linens, locked cabinets at the foot of each bed... You break open a few. They contain personal effects of the crew, such as dice cards, pictures of family, tobacco, razors, etc. Why are we in here? What are, what are we looking for? Survivors, of course. There are or, no survivors. Or, there are skeletons. Or the ship's log. Or So you can take it back. Or a revolver plus one. A revolver plus one. It's, no, it's the it's ship's log, isn't it, you're looking for? To yeah, take it back. the captain's cabin. You're supposed to take it back to... Show what, it show what the ship over anyway. Well, if we were on Firefly, else. I would know that we'd be like stealing stuff, but we're not on Firefly. Well, you could so also be looking for cargo. Yeah, like it's also salvageable. This is all this is law of the sea. This is salvage. Anything we find, we keep. Oh, they might have pemmican. Yeah, well, there's or also food. Yeah, anything. Um, along the wall, the remains of several nets contain stiff, discoloured clothing. You find the captain's quarters, which is a larger room than the others. This once luxurious 10-foot by 16-foot room contains the remains of a feather bed, a desk and a trunk. The trunk is bound by iron bands and closed with a padlock. So we break it open. I have lockpick. Try it. I'm just going to hit it with the butt of a rifle or something. Not when I roll that. In the 1930s. Picked it? Yeah. The lock... The the cryptozoologist kind of creeps forward and clicks it open. Hold on. No, wait a minute. I thought I had it 40 plus 41. You miss it just by three. Yeah, you don't quite click it. You're about to go, and it just fails. I'll go back to the proper rifle. No. Yes. Are you going to break it up with the butt of your rifle? Yes. Okay. Make me strength check. Ninety-eight. I'm worried about what kind of cryptozoologist knows. You smack it, and it doesn't even move. Okay. I go up and turn it. You're turning to open it up. You're trying to pick the lock. No, just opening it. How? Because they did all the smashing, it's probably just going to open now. It's not, it's locked. All right. It's probably closed. It's still there. Is there a key? Alright, I got it. Like a draw. You got it. He yeah. eventually clicks it open. You'd be surprised how many monsters they hide behind locked doors. Are you looking for a key? I was, yes. You're looking through the desk drawers? Not if it's a... The desk has ah. been badly weathered by the sea air, but the drawers are lined with oiled leather allowing their contents to survive. The Wallaroo's logbook is contained within, along with several letters from the captain's family, a photo and a fountain pen. Thank you. Um, <coughs> are you giving it a thorough search? or are Yes. You, are you looking out drawers and doing that thing that investigative reporters do? Yeah. Let me a spot hidden check. He's messing around doing the whole... Uh National treasure I search. See it. 38. See it, yes. Nice one. <laughs> you pull out one of the drawers and realise that there's a false back. Ooh. 
in it. Did you check out the traps first? <laughs> you open the false back, uh, and it reveals an iron key in a leather pouch containing several gold coins of unknown origin with oddly shaped sea creatures depicted. Mm. I'll put it all in like my little travel satchel because I'm intending to return it to this guy's family. The dried and frozen remains of the captain lie in the bed, fully dressed, with a pistol beside his outstretched hand. An empty whiskey bottle lies nearby. Following his skull? Yeah, maybe. He shot himself. I checked the pistol. Okay. Yeah, it's been fired. One bullet. It's frozen. It's fine. You can take it if you want to. Um, I think this key might open the um, chest that you heathens might well do. Have uh, I take the key and check it out? Okay, hold on. The logbook's last entry. Tell me what's in this goddamn trunk. What's in the fucking trunk? Doesn't actually tell me (laughs) what's in the goddamn trunk. Um, It's the captain's personal effects, his porno, and his. uh, (laughs) His. Yeah, it's his porno. (laughs) (laughs) That's why it was in in the back, yeah. (laughs) Key, chest of. What is it, whalers? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's Eskimos bending in suggestive fashion. <gasps> the only gay Eskimo. <laughs> That's so funny. Right, the logbook's Wait, last entries tell of the ship running into a squall, the explosion of the boiler and the death of most of the crew, the Wallaroo's subsequent embeachment in the pack ice. The healthy survivors set off in boats to the north, leaving only the captain and two others too injured to move. The captain's final entry wishes his family well, Praises his crew and wishes them all good fortune. It is dated two weeks after the accident. Uh, reading the captain's log will take a couple of hours, so I'll assume you do it yeah, back on the ship. Yeah. So we'll get back to that in a second. Let's grab the ship's. Let's we'll see if there's anything else. Grab the ship's bell. Oh, yeah. Why would we take the bell? Because it's tradition. Okay. Um, on deck, you go, that's, that's pretty much the last of the rear part of the ship. We'll go to the front part. Okay. The forward deck of the ship is weathered and warped by the pressures of the ice. The whaler's scooped nose is crumpled. Actually, in the back part, mm-hmm. let me check to see if there's any extra kerosene. That's a good idea. Where would the pemmican be as well? It would be in the cargo holds, possibly. You would think it would be in the cargo holds, which are towards the front of the ship. Good. So yeah, that's a good idea. Keep an eye out for the kerosene. I like that. And the whaler's use. scooped nose is crumpled mm-hmm. and everything is covered in a layer of guano and rime. There are no bodies in this section. Below decks, the fore section is made up completely of cargo holds. Cargo hold one, snoring Ruby. Do they have any ship, or do I know <laughs> they had a plane on this ship? No, not a whaler. You won't, oh, oh, no, they were a whaling ship. Um, the main cargo hold is cargo hold one, and is where slaughtered whales were kept before rendering. There is a faint, foul smell coming from the room, reminiscent of dead flesh. Inside the hold is more than half filled with the remains of several whales, meat, barrels of fat and blubber, bone and other bits with commercial value are stacked and piled neatly below. Everything is frozen solid, but the closed hatch has kept out much of the ice that covers everything. Instead, a heavy dusting of crystals sparkles in the dim light, Giving the cargo an unreal velvety glow. Can't you make yes, kerosene we, we out take of the whale fat? The whale fat? <laughs> yeah, but you need the way to render yeah. it down, don't you? Well, we have the rendering stuff. Where? Turn on in the whaling ship. Assuming it's survived. Hmm? Assuming it's there. It'll be in the middle of the ship. Maybe. Swoon. Smell. <laughs> bad. Woman. 
She's starting to feel faint, David. Oh, oh, the smell. Oh. I like that. Hold your breath. <laughs> oh, my God, it's so too horrible. The poor whales. Why don't we try out another cargo hold, David? I think that might be good. Yeah. I'm sorry, Ruby, did I disturb you? Cargo bed two. <laughs> Whatever supplies once rested here have either gone or spoiled. All that remains are half a dozen haphazardly scattered cases of canned goods. The labels of these have loosened over time and now lie scattered around the cases like dried leaves. I'll take them anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Canned goods. Could be anything. Well, yes, and if our food ends up gone, yeah. then it's better to have something yeah. than nothing. It's a tin of surprise! And we're so going to hoard these. <laughs> well, we just won't tell anybody else about them. We'll keep it's like all the food of a beer, everyone's starving, it's like... <laughs> cargo Bay 3 is similar to Cargo Bay 2. A few more boxes and barrels of surpri- supplies may be found here. All of them long spoiled. The only salvageable remains may well be inside a heavily locked strong box bolted to the forward bulkhead. Here's your key. can be opened using the iron key from the captain's quarters. Uh-huh. You click it open. The strong box contains a dozen bottles of rye whiskey. <laughs> Jackpot. Now you got it. I found this key. It's poison, man. <laughs> All right. You search the rest of the wallaroo. Well, you take the bell. You take the logbook. Okay. Is there any radio parts or anything like that lying around? Everything else is basically frozen and useless. Any, it's been uh, sat in the ice for radio? Yeah. What about the thing that turns the whale fat and uh, it's not looking kerosene? Good. Okay. Most yeah. of the technical stuff. Also, a lot of it's been exploded. Okay. All right. Well, what about the rendering thing? We can take that one over. <laughs> what is it? It's like a vat, isn't it? Yeah. It's pretty it really much got like the kit. room. So well, we'll, we'll put it on the top on the top of the ship, and then we'll like, you know melt down the whales. And I don't think the captain is going to be particularly happy. <laughs> Whose ship yeah. is it? It's Starbo's, isn't it? No, it's, it's his. It's the captain's ship. Yeah, I thought it was. But what happens? But we need. Well, it's not. We need the kerosene. It'll be a shipping firm's ship, yeah. and they'll have got the. We'll need the kerosene. Yes. Yeah. Well, let's see. So yeah, we just start rendering things down. If that crew member that got squished doesn't survive, we can rent. <laughs> Render him. You cannot salvage, nor know how to use the rendering equipment on the ship. Well, it's a thought. Yeah, it's a good idea. You just don't have the room to use it, nor the knowledge to use I'm it. I'm sure one of the guys back at the ship was a, is on a whaler at one point in his life. And rendered down. You can just see you stuffing whales into the top, shooting more and stuffing them in. Anybody falls overboard, they get netted and stuck in the top. No, I'm still a car! Anybody gets a flu. It's like a big mincer. <laughs> It is a good idea, but it's a juicer. Right? It's a juicer, yeah. It's like this lovely, healthy juice. No, no, it's the uh, George Foreman grill. It puts yeah. out the meat over here, <laughs> the oil over here. That's grim. We get, we, get the, we get the killer whale in there, we push it down, we green, have steaks green, and. Uh, green fighting. So, therefore, the oil we get from oil. that, we can use to cook the burgers we make yeah. from it. That's so funny. <laughs> right. Um, you leave the Wallaroo behind, taking with you the logbook and the whiskey and the, the cans. And stuff. So I didn't find any fuel. No, right? there's no fuel here. He yeah. probably probably blew up in the engine room, along with the boiler, um, which is probably where the rendering stuff would have been near the boiler. Yeah. Time. Not bad. Um, you may make spot hidden checks as you leave the Wallaroo and climb onto deck. Spot hidden's a great skill, though, yeah. isn't it? No. Yeah? Yeah, no, when you yeah. don't have it. Jenna and... I got it. I can't and Fred and... Charles. Charles, thank you. Charlie, Chuck, Chuck, Marie. 
spot um, a small dark object jutting out from an icy pressure ridge. You look with field glasses, reveals the object to be the splintered prow of, a sh- of the ship's longboat. The rest they of the didn't boat, get very far then, did they? No, it doesn't seem that way. About two miles away from the mother of its from its ship. Well, it's also Get some pictures on our for a year. Route. Yeah, you'll pass it. Okay. Get some you pictures pass by it, and um, you see that this, this is the uh, the prow of the lifeboat. The rest of the boat is nothing but a flattened mass buried beneath the ice. The prow still bears the faint imprint of the name of the Wallaroo. There is no sign of the crew or any cargo they took with them. The lifeboat rests entombed in ice, less than two miles from the. Hmm. That is not good. No, he's bad. Bad. He found some whiskey, so that's all good. <laughs> Wallaroo. No, that doesn't actually warm you up. Shut so up. Close. <laughs> yep, we found one bottle of whiskey. Here you go, guys. Yeah, thanks. We didn't find any food What's either? in that crate? No. Empty bottles! <laughs> clank, clank, clank. <laughs> right, Gabriel pushes southward through the pack ice for five more days after leaving the whaler behind. Fog shrouds the surface of the ice, burning off only briefly when sudden winds bring sharp flurries of snow. Each day is the same, an endless grinding succession of thrusts against the icy walls of the lead. Sometimes... Smile there. He got you. <laughs> Smile. Oh. <laughs> Just take a picture of the goddamn dog and carry on with the adventure. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I gotta see those photos. No, no. <laughs> look funny. Bad. Badder. <laughs> Bloody hell. That's <laughs> great boobs. skill. Well done, dear. Well on done. November the 8th, the last lead closes over. Both before and behind, the Gabriel is trapped in a narrow stretch of water, her hull sandwiched closely between the frozen walls. Pack beyond is utterly silent, save for the occasional sharp report, the long drawn out groan. We have only two choices, Stark Weather says. We either wait for a storm to free us, a risky undertaking at best, or we blast our way free, he grins. I favour the dynamite. What say the rest of you? Go! Why don't we just set fire to the ice? <laughs> After long talks with the ship's officers, the dynamite is broken out. Packard, Sykes and Griffiths all have small amounts of experience with explosives. Any investigators with experience in handling and placement of dynamite? Didn't Jim Pork have? He did, yeah. Oh, Yeah. Will be welcome additions to the team, especially those who've taken staff with explosives class. Anyone? No. (laughs) That's nice. I can wing it. Um, the blasting teams are lowered over the side and into the ice climbing the floors they scout forward and aft in search of weak points and clear water once they place the sticks is decided charges are planted at appropriate places in the floors and detonated on long fuses first explosions seem impossibly loud sprays of ice fly everywhere and puffs of smoke billow upward the ship is forced forward the full power of her engines once, twice and a third time in grinding surges, the lead groans open with a roar. Everyone cheers. Explosives are used a half dozen more times over the following two days. Each time, with a try or two, the ship pushes through, her wrought iron sides scarred and dented but unbroken. On November the 10th, the wireless brings news. 
uh, Casey Lexington's party has established their base camp on the Ross Sea barrier. From the bridge of the Gabriel, the ice stretches unbroken in all directions. The open water of the Ross Sea seems impossibly far away. The next day, however, the ship finds thinner ice. It is a ticklish passage. The pack is loose. That's what it says. The pack is loose and the heavy floors slam together without warning, threatening to crush the hull. But Captain Vrendenberg manages to save the ship time and again, nudging ancient bergs forward to thrust against others aside with a delicate hand. On the 12th of November, snow flurries once again close the world to within a few yards of the ship. The expedition pushes forward gingerly, with lookouts straining on all sides. Hours pass in the cold wet of the storm, and then one of the lookouts calls out, A sea! A sea! Captain orders all engines stopped as the rumble and motion ceases. Everyone aboard suddenly knows that it's true. The ship is rocking gently in the slow swell of an open sea once more. For all that night and into the following day, the ship pushes on through the pack. The fog lifts early on a rough horizon of pancake ice, heavy bergs below a water-dark line of distant sky. Thick sea mist close. It closes in again soon after, locking the world away once more, but the ice is loose and easily shoved aside. At 10.20 on the morning of November 13th, Gabriel pushes into open water at last. No sounds of celebration from the crew, oh, two sounds of celebration from the crew, and turns southwest towards her chosen goal. Early on November 14th, 28 days after leaving Melbourne, land is sighted to the south. A few hours later, the horizon is filled with the sight of the Admiralty Range, humbling the land below them. A tired but elated crew at last reach the Antarctic and Ross Island. On deck, the sun breaks through the thinning clouds. Woot! I still say we should, we should go to Hawaii. <laughs> you've, got to, you've got to the part of the chapter that says, Landfall. We'll stop there. So we're on November the 14th. No, 14. Do we How have much XP do we get? Oh, yeah, I'll give you some classes. I'll give you a week of classes. In fact, I'll give you two weeks of classes. Yes! Right. So you can go. Hang on, no, I'm going to read out what you've got, or are you doing the same old stuff again? Oh, we know what we're looking for. Okay. Classes. Polar survival. Climb, aircraft maintenance, operate heavy machinery, drive dog sled, navigate, meteorology, radio operations... Uh, geology, history, explosives, craft ballroom dancing, art origami, etiquette with Jenna Tattenbrain. I'll do the shooting one. The shooting one? Yeah, we, we were doing target shooting. Oh, yes, that's right. Go on, Lens, what are you doing? Uh, no, next week. I can go no. for you. Okay, no. okay what are you going for? Um, I'm going to go for more Crowler Survival. Chewing. 21, you succeed. Yay. D6. And a 3. three. Polar Survival goes up. 16 to Polar Survival. And your second class for that week? Um, what my choices again? I've taken radio ops, but I don't think I'm going to get radio ops. Polar Survival, climb, aircraft maintenance, operate heavy machinery, drive dog sled. I might do drive dog sled, actually. Okay, drive dog sled. On a 20. Yay. You get success in drive dog sled. Right. 5% in drive dog sled. Everybody else, what do you get? I'm going to do Polar Survival. Go for it. Wow. A one. You can have a max roll. Six. That's the, twi- I think That's the second time I did yeah. that. <laughs> He's the master of Polar Survival. Because Batman's really studied and learned. 
My guy's really dense, apparently. You learned nothing. I didn't learn anything. 99, 91, 73, and then a 45. I look forward to playing Rollmaster with those rolls. You'll just mince through everything. Go on, Tracy, what are you doing next? Uh, yep, yeah, and what, in two, two weeks? More classes? Yeah, I rolled yeah. 80, 85, 92, and three. Two, yeah, what do you want next? You want another pull of survival? Or? I'll have another drive dog. When well, you get a check mark by something, what does that mean? is enough. It means that you get to roll for uh, skill advancement, which I think we'll do as you landfall next session. Okay. All this time I'll we'll do uh, another no, uh, navigate. Go, go for it. A hundred. Lose G6. Dog sled again. A 58 is not any points, I'm afraid. You fail, like me. The last one? You got one more? Well, that was my first week, right? Oh, yes, yeah. that was it. You need two more. Go for it. What are you going for? Um, was there mechanical something? There is uh, heavy machinery, machinery aircraft maintenance. I'll do aircraft maintenance. Yeah. 56. 56? that enough? What am I taking? Int? Int times 3. 30, 40. No, just... 51. Right. Yep. And... Let's see. And then I'll do operate heavy machinery. Go for it, Do it. 58. Hey, we're good. Just before landfall, we end November the 14th. Oh, sorry, sorry, I thought it goes off in its own. And um, you're actually going to get off your ship soon. No! I'm afraid you are. Uh, and actually uh, walk. She gets off her ship. Walk somewhere. I can't roller skate anymore. Set up base and actually start doing stuff you came down here to do. We Ooh. can't possibly do stuff because everybody keeps sabotaging us. You're on page 109. So, I'm going to go more insane. Why? Well, more insane? Of course you are, it's Cthulhu. I know. <laughs> Did you not realise? I'm going to be the first one to go insane, that's going to be crap. Not necessarily. You might not, it depends. You might be in the right place at the wrong time, so to speak. The dumber you are, the better off you are. Yeah, but he's also, anything, he's also pretty weak on the sanity front. Okay, yeah. because my sand compared to yours. Well, yeah, okay, yeah, thank screwed. you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at 36. He's at like 74. 36. That was the, got 40. It was the Great War. It was trying. You know what I was at total? It was 40. Oh, yeah, yeah my, my total's 45. Exactly. Is that your total yeah, sanity? It was. Bye, yeah. You wouldn't have to have any clarity. Mine was 75. Yes. You got allergies. Ooh. What's that from? Uh, weather's changing. I've been I've been cleaning out my uh, my pet's cage today. Are you allergic to dander? I'm allergic to a lot of stuff. They're on my desk. Claritins. Yeah. Oh. My mom's got me on this illegal Canadian antihistamine. <laughs> it's like twice as strong as what you can get legally, but only in Canada, where it's over the counter. I mean, this stuff is just. You take this stuff and you don't have any histamine in your system for years. Can I turn the recorder off? You can remove, yes. Okay. Yeah. Bye.